neuroplasticity is taking place our whole lives. Our brains are in a constant state of change, of transforming, shifting, adjusting, and certain connections become stronger if we kind of continue down that pathway within our minds and other connections become weaker. That makes it really easy for us to get stuck in our ways, for certain pathways to really be ingrained within us. And that's why I believe that it's super important to mix things up a little bit, to zig instead of zag, to experiment, to be spontaneous, because this allows us to see things from a different vantage point, from a different perspective, which in turn allows us not only to see the world in a different way, but for us to get a better understanding of ourselves. And I feel like in today's world, that is just super important. The Good People Effect is something very special that happens when we surround ourselves with the right people to help us grow. The show is based on three main pillars, which are creativity, adventure, and purposeful living. My intention is to create positive momentum in the direction of real human growth. And I believe by taking a glimpse into the lives and minds of good people through deep conversations, we have the opportunity to open ourselves up to immense growth that can be later injected back into this crazy world. This is more than just another podcast. It's an energy of intentional growth that's been manifested from the beauty of the creative spirit, the call for adventure, and the power of purposeful living. It's a tool for growth, and it's accessible for all of those that are open to listen. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Good People Effect, good people. I'm so happy to have you here with me today. That message at the start of the show was based on my last chat with Merinick and Aiden. They were two great guys that I met in Costa Rica. They were going through a student apprenticeship program uh, to work with the medicinal healing plant Ayahuasca. So we had an interesting conversation that was really pretty casual. Uh, we we're talking about psychedelics and and you know neuroplasticity and how the mind has the power to change and grow and how th- how we can kind of get trapped in the way we think sometimes and when we mix things up a little bit and psychedelics is one way to do that. There's also meditation, yoga, breath work. There's plenty of different ways. But uh, psychedelic use is one approach to mix things up a little bit. It allows us to see things from a different vantage point and to think, experience and learn in a different way. So we go deep into that in the last episode. So if you haven't checked that out, please give that one a listen after this one. But today's guest is super special and we're going to continue along the path of psychedelics. It's kind of a theme at the moment in the show uh, because of this super powerful and transformative trip that I did do and that I did have in Costa Rica. So we're treating everything with the utmost respect and we're talking about psychedelics with respect. So keep that in mind and please approach these episodes with a very open mind as well. So today we're going to be talking about cats. That's right, cats in society. Afir had a very interesting perspective on cats. We're going to talk about Afir's vast experience with salvia, uh, mushrooms, DMT, ayahuasca, uh, abogaina. He's tried so many different things and he's gone in and extracted so many lessons from these different realms and he's a fascinating person to speak to. I think honestly this was one of the most interesting and enjoyable conversations not only on the show but that I've ever had in my whole life. So you're definitely in for a treat today guys. Uh, we also speak about his experience uh, in you know adventure. He lives such an adventurous life. He's an African tour guide. So he's actually Israeli but he does tours in Africa 
and he's done so many interesting things and he's got so many beautiful stories to share. We also take a deeper look at, you know, looking within, looking at ourselves and kind of, you know, get a better, getting a better understanding of ourselves in this conversation. That was one of the most interesting points that we touched on. So uh, please, without further ado, I don't want to wreck this anymore. I don't want to spoil this show because it's such a beautiful one. Please, if you've got the time, sit back, relax, and enjoy another episode of the Good People Effect podcast. Green bottle. Bottle green. Bottle green. I mean, if you said it, I would know what it meant. But I don't <laughs> think I'd just go around using it. Uh, in Hebrew, you use it. You yeah. say it a lot. Yeah, bok bok bok. How do you say it? Bok bok bok. Bok bok. Bok bok. In Hebrew, we say battle bok bok. This is onomatopoeia. What it means? You know onomatopoeia? Something to do with all the... Noises, sound. You call oh, something okay. but by the sounds that it makes. In Swahili, actually, there is lots of words like that, onomatopoeia. So, bakbuk is onomatopoeia because when you take the bottle uh-huh. and you spill the water or wine or whatever, it makes the sound of bakbuk, 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 bakbuk. So, this is how you call it bakbuk. Bakbuk. Also, zvuv is a fly. I like those kind of words. That's yeah. cool. This will be kafkaf, flip flop. Flip-flop is also onomatopoeia. Flip-flop. Flip-flop. In Hebrew, kaf-kaf. 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 And what did you say? What's the word for fly? For fly, zvuv. 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 That's the best. Yeah. I think also what you have in English. I can't figure out now. Onomatopoeia is in English. You also need to have a few. Oh, that's interesting. In Swahili, a lot. So it's words that come from the sound. From the sound, exactly. Like waterfall in Swahili will be mapurumuku. Yeah, that's beautiful. I mean, how? what a great way to remember the words. Also to remember the world. Also honor nature, honor the sounds of the world, you know, using the natural sounds. Yeah. I think it's deeper connection, deeper understanding of stuff. Uh, We're all the time separating from nature, from making everything synthetic. Onomatopoeia take huge to the place. In African languages, is really big. In specific languages, it's really big. You can see the connection of people, of native people, to their land by the onomatopoeias used. Uh-huh. Also, Native Americans use lots of onomatopoeia. Interesting. Yeah, walk back book. Anyways, we're talking about cats. Yeah, we're talking about cats. cats. I don't know how we got there, but... With a book book, I don't know. Yeah, book, book. Yeah, it's yeah. interesting. <laughs> but, um, yeah, cats. So, what were we saying about cats? We're saying that they're super cool. Yeah, my And thing they're is, like, yeah. there's some kind of association with them through, like, you know, stories told from, you know, through the ages about witches and, and cats and how they may have some kind of a feeling or connection to other realms or... You know, they've got some senses. They can sense that things are going on and the Egyptians used to worship them. And, yeah, there's a lot of kind of um, strange, interesting things about cats. And what were you saying about them? That was interesting. The dog just came up and Forrest just like, you can hear it. You know, does it happen much, this interaction? That's, I've never seen this happen before. It's nice. I was, I was curious what's going on, but usually, yeah, lots of dogs will be intimidated by, by cats. They have lots of powers. Yeah. Another way to see their powers of the cats, you know, Luke is like four times the size. So right now, size. Forrest just kind of hissed as you could hear. Yeah. Still dog. What's the dog's name again? Kaya. 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 Kaya is a beautiful dog. Beautiful dog. And she and just went just, away. She was just curious and Forrest is just like, like spot, the hairs are spiked up. She's not really relaxed. No worries. It's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and Kai's still like curious. We, like, we I go, just wanted to play. We got this live. Yeah, exactly. She's chill. Innocent. Yeah. yeah. It's just a misunderstanding. 
But yeah, as I see it, the cats really have connection to these outer spaces, other dimensions. Can we say dimensions? Maybe the spiritual places, the psychedelic worlds that we visit. I think they live there. They have this sense, this connection. I don't know if it's with the brain, with the eyes, with the feelings, with the... How do you call this mustache stuff? The whiskers. The whiskers, yeah, exactly. I don't know, but they have this deeper connection. That's what we're talking about. Mm. We're talking about the witches, though, and and like... um, Yeah, exactly. My question was, why do you think... So, first first of all, you you feel it. You feel it. I feel it in, in... ceremonies i felt in the psychedelic world this deeper connection yeah also my connection to cats is for a long time yeah so all the time i felt this uh, strong connection to these creatures that have their own thing and have like their own really like i know connection a way of living in few dimensions that we can't live and in our culture it's really strong not for nothing you know the witches legends with the uh, um with the cats, it usually was a witch with cats, and lots of times it's the old lady with the cats, and in the past where they burn witches, so it was part of it. The witch that lives in the end of the forest or the town with cats, and I think because also those women were actually herbal women, they were all kind of a shamans, and the church is, is the one that ordered to kill them and put them on crosses, so I think those women had connection to those walls and this why they had also cats next to them because there is this thing, this, how do you say, they synchronize those walls between the cats and, and those people that have connection there and lots of stories about actually those witches in the past that were caught and burned on the cross. And cats are also strong inside our culture. If you think about YouTube, all the videos were addicted. The most videos that are popular in YouTube, I think most of them will be about cats. Not horses, no cars, not even something related to sex. No, cats. People are addicted and it's really went into, into a thing. You see videos of people. Yeah, that was a massive trend. Hmm? That was a massive trend a couple yeah. of years ago. Exactly, yeah. And I think it's also part of it. We really have this... Um, we're really intrigued to those things, I think, in those outer realms, things in the past that connect us to this psychedelic world, to the altered states of mind. So you can see it on the cats, or um, how intrigued by cats, and also by other creatures as well. If you think about our superheroes... So we talked about our superheroes. Yeah, I had a. We haven't, but I, I definitely thought about like Spider Man in particular. After, exactly. after I had a recent I I experience where, where it was like I was thinking about spiders, and then I, I was I was I was a spider, and then I was like I was looking through each of the eight eyes of the spider, so I really felt the being and, and the. I felt like I was actually a spider. And I was like, I was in the world of a spider and seeing things from a spider's point of view. And then, like, I don't know, five minutes later or something really weird like that, a spider appeared on my leg. Nice. And I was just like staring at the spider, but not freaked out, more just like with love and like. Super weird though. It just (laughs) popped up my leg right when that 
that just that thought pattern happened and I was like what it's going funny on? how they become friends huh? yeah yeah those, yeah right? when you like understand them a little bit more exactly especially when you're there and when you're in the influence of this so yeah it's like a big one but uh, but yeah, yeah Spider-Man also, and his superheroes what, you, what you're talking yeah, and about and also you so can invite you friends. can invite a body of a snake you yeah. can invite to be a horse you can invite to be Pegasus yeah that's another thing I noticed with the, with the deer you control it I, I noticed that with the deer with the San Pedro yeah. where you're talking about inviting the deer and that was interesting and I, you invited him and he came yeah, here, yeah. Huh? but I think it's I th- that was when I realized what you're talking about because I never really did that before because I didn't invite that spider I must have subconsciously, but I wasn't yeah. aware of it, you know, so it was like super interesting. Yeah. And you think about our superheroes, you don't have Lion Man, you don't have Rhino Man. I think you got Rhino Man. Rhino Man? I think there's a Rhino Man. Uh, does, he, does he have one, two, three, four, five and uh, so many comics and every kid will know him like he knows Batman? Nah, I, don't, I don't think Rhino Man made it to the top of the heap. Uh, <laughs> so... No. I'm sure there's a rhino man going around. I'm sure land man, maybe giraffe man, horseman. No, not I sure. I think there's a horseman. Have you seen that cartoon with the guy with the horse head? Yeah, I can find the specific ones. But if you think about something that is popular all over the world or something that is a comics niche of some people, sure, so you'll sure. find lots of things. Yeah, I think rhino man's a niche. You'll think the, the Nazi <laughs> man. You'll find anything. But when you think about what is popular, <laughs> Nazi what is strong, man. Which you can have from. what is strong, I'm trying to think about niche, you know? You'll have yeah, a, that's definitely anything. a niche, huh? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> And when you think about Spider-Man, about Batman, even Ant-Man, even yeah. Ant-Man is quite big, you know, consider a Rhino-Man or Lion-Man, even Ant-Man, it's small, you know, but think about Batman and Spider-Man, they're like, I think, in the top of our superheroes. Yeah, Batman, and Spider-Man. Spider and the Bat, you know, knows, yeah. like who actually, who noticed them? But in our subconscious, in our sub-mind, in our subculture, it's like... It's going up and it's, we're really intrigued to those things. This is what sells. Yeah, it's interesting when you look at the popularity and trends and you see as humans what we're kind of like, I don't know, I guess like, I don't know if program's the right word, but we're kind of, you know, we're looking at certain areas. Lo- it's like a glimpse into kind of the human psyche, what we're kind of drawn towards. Exactly. Yeah, it's interesting. Catwoman as well. But um, our subconscious really is in intrigued and possessed by those things you know that we're not really aware of it's i think under our conditions we're really conditioned to think this and that to grow up to this uh, culture this yeah, but we're really just like uh an interpretation of our past and the histories of humanity in a way yeah Do you know what i mean yeah, like yeah everything kind of flows on to ends up at us at this point wherever we are exactly and it's kind of just like it's just like a story i guess all this stuff in our mind and and plus obviously your own environment as you grow up and all these other factors i think there is conditioning of now of this life no even the conditionings actually of hundreds and thousands of years of language and way of thought of behavior but more than that we have instincts and we came from the forest the forest is where we got our legs where we started to walk is where we started to think is where we started to communicate is where our brain became that big and lots of our instincts are still from there. And you maybe want just before I forget to ask you, man, sorry to interrupt you, but you want I mean maybe want to ask you about those gorillas in Africa. Have you gone and seen them? Because you're yeah. you're a tour guide in, in Africa, everyone out there doesn't know. Yeah. So have you been out there and seen and been with these gorillas? But um not as a tour guide. I went to a part of the forest. But we caught only yeah like three, four of them. We we weren't that close that day. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I think I can have an improved experience. I'm still waiting for it. But it was quite interesting to see them even from that far and to yeah. be in this area. And the, in the, the last the 700, environment was it, interesting? Yeah, amazing. What do you mean the last 700? The last 700 that are free. The silverback gorillas. That's it. That's the last 700 we have. And they're saying we have a few more in cages in zoo around the world. Specific zoos. But uh, out there, only 700. They're about to extinct. I'm not sure. It might go down a bit. It might go up a bit. A bit but Is there a lot of people saying them? Um, every day, allowed 50 people are allowed to go in. Like few people from oh, Rwanda, cool. few people from Uganda, few people from Congo. The area is amazing. You also visit a volcano there. Just so would I be able Congo. to go in there and have a look? Yeah, and... of course. It's, it's quite expensive. It's thousand dollars for you spend about half an hour with them. Really? And you can walk sometimes two three hours. You can walk sometimes eight nine hours. Even kept next to it depends. What do you mean you can walk for that long? In the forest, you go, you're tracing them with the guides, uh-huh. so they know more, more or less where. Ah, uh, but the half an hour is the actual front. time that you spend with them. Yeah, even but less. But you spend a long, less. but you spend a long time tracking them. Yeah, and the tracking is great as well. That would be fun. Like, That'd be yeah, fun. Yeah, no, it's great. I thought you meant you go there half an hour, you pay a grand, and like get out. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 no. Like some but kind of. But you have thing. the walk, but you can do the walk. You pay thousand dollars for yeah for this. 15 minutes for this half an hour. That's what you paid for. Sure. The walk is on the way. Well, me yeah, and that's you. That's part of the experience. I'm exactly. Fun. Learn, for me, for me and questions. you. For me and you. But yeah. for some people and that are more less into walking too much, less into hiking, less into sure. jungle, less sure. into mosquitoes. Not everything's for everyone. Asking. Exactly. So they are like, what? 15 minutes and I don't walk all of this. But yeah, it's amazing. The whole experience is yeah. great. With the guides, with the volcano, with the jungle. I want to do that. I want to do that. You reckon there's yeah. only 700 left? And not only this, only this, even five minutes with them. You know, it's amazing how, how to see this creature. You? I wasn't that close. I was like, I don't know, 30 meters from them, 30, 40 That's meters. That's pretty close. But you can get even five meters from them, have a selfie just next to them. I don't if care about the selfie, to be honest, dude. Right I'm, no, just, no, I'm just happy to, like, honestly just observe. be around them, be observe, feel the observe. energy. And, and they're quite friendly. Actually, most of the time, you don't go too near. So you want to uh, you won't pass them any disease. Yeah, but it's like sharks. You know, it's only in our mind. They're not really dangerous. Yeah. Sharks, gorillas. It's only culture that made them dangerous uh, from um, King, King Kong, Kong yeah. for, for the gorillas and Steven Spielberg. Uh, jaws for the yeah. sharks it's all invent inventions you know they're really like respectful nice animals i think in a year average year you don't have any kills by gorillas they don't attack only rarely when hippos are pretty bad though in africa exactly exactly tell me about the hippos so you know much hippos, about them? Uh, a little bit but how many people are killed by hippos every year that's the most isn't it in africa yeah about a hundred let's yeah. say and sharks kill about eight people a year sure and even this is from accident you know yeah. they're being intimidated yeah but hippos are the most really you know dangerous 10 people a year die from like not around 10 people a year die from falling into the canals in amsterdam really and i was like uh, that's a lot yeah like 10 people is like quite a few <laughs> quite a few but it and, makes sense and we talked about the selfie they're saying now it's about 200 a year people dying from selfie what do you mean dying from a selfie on the road on the um, top hill of a mountain selfie death yeah selfie death and wow. it's the, the, the number is just going up imagine eight nine people from a shark in a year 200 and now starts to go up. I think it was only 2015, it was 200. I think now the number is much more. And then a lot of people die from selfies. You yeah, know, yeah. Um, 
Do you hear what happened to, I think it was Mick Fanning when he went surfing in the competition. And in the middle of this competition, I was watching this live on TV. I was like, I remember I think it was in Japan or something. And in the middle of this competition, surfing competition, Shark comes mm-hmm. and it just takes him under. Yeah. yeah and he's under with, and they're filming it and he's under with the shark. And then he like punched the shark and he like got the shark off and the shark kind of went away. But he like, so on, on during this surf competition. Oh, wow, yeah, I heard about it. That was big, yeah. That was interesting. I think my friends there, like, they're. Uh, surfing buffs they saw it live yeah I think sharks are a thing but it's all about being careful I think as well and I don't even know how aggressive they are I guess it's like a territorial thing I'm not really sure Mm -hmm. but I know they were having these they were inventing these buoys these things that you put in the water that float uh, with this special like uh, uh, frequency and the sharks don't like it so they kind of stay away from them and they're thinking about putting um, things inside boards Wow. That, that has this thing as well. I think they're already doing it. Cool. Yeah. And then in South Africa, actually, some cage diving with sharks. Was, was quite you cool. You did some diving with it in the cage. Yeah, in a cage. Also, in um, in some places you can dive. It depends with which type of sharks yeah, you have many. But uh, yeah, some places that you can just dive with them freely. Actually, in Israel, we have a good spot like that. And in South Africa, you do it in a cage. It's the great white. So... Ah, the great white shark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a big one. He's a serious one. And again, only if you're bothering him, he will be like really, really dangerous. Yeah. I find octopus really interesting. Yeah. The way they like change the color and... Wow, yeah. One of my best, I think, experiences underwater was watching an octopus. It was unbelievable. It was like watching an alien. Yeah, yeah. Because it it changes the texture and the color and the size like so fast it's like ayahuasca I think they're pretty intelligent they're really intelligent they're saying they're one of the most intelligent there are dolphins and elephants and octopus and actually pig as well Um, they're on the top list and bonobo monkeys of course bonobo monkeys yeah bonobo I don't know about these ones also from Africa really intelligent really smart there's one of the most intelligent monkeys you can find have you heard the howler monkeys here? Yeah, I also saw them, saw them, but not you here. You saw one? Yeah, no, I saw a few in Mexico and Guatemala. Uh, you see them everywhere. Uh, yeah, so you can spot them usually in the Maya ruins. You go. And you, I went in the Amazon and I found these. They were like these spider monkeys. Yeah, exactly. Also, holy monkeys and spider monkeys. It's super interesting. In the, yeah, they all in groups and jump around. They're like I was filming them actually. It's so interesting. Monkeys are fascinating. I went to Japan and saw, I've seen those ones oh, that are in the nice. snow or whatever. They're super interesting. You watch them and there's like a little story going on. Like I remember watching like, I think it was something like 30 and you could see like one of them run up to another one, poke the other one. The other one would like get upset. Another one would be like having a conversation with another one. There'd be like a lazy one off to the right, kind of just hanging off the edge. Nice. They'd be like, yeah. yeah, like two together. It'd be like really interesting. Like the whole little story is going on. And they're just kind of like super cute, the little yeah. ice ones. It's beautiful to observe those animals, especially when they're cute. I love it when I yeah. go to see the penguins in South Africa and Boulders Beach. You know, it's really interesting as well. They're, they look like small humans, you know. Yeah. Everyone is dealing his own thing. One is greeting, one is cursing, one is digging, one is... Penguins would be interesting to see. So I've nice. Yeah. Also pandas the same. I've seen little same. penguins, but like the big ones would be interesting, I think. Yeah, the scissor one. Yeah, I haven't met them yet. Uh, still but the African one is quite, quite cute yeah it's good also in New Zealand they're quite fine eh? 
yeah. in the South Island, you can spot them. Yeah, we've got a place called Phillip Island and that's where all the penguins are where I'm from. They're all mm-hmm. just the little ones. Yeah. I don't yeah. know what type they are. Also quite interesting birds. <laughs> Used to be bird. Yeah. Dolphins are fascinating. The way they can communicate with each other, the sonar, also nothing. I'm finding the animals here pretty interesting actually, dude. Since I've been here, I've seen like toucans, bugs, got like slung by a scorpion, yeah. saw a snake in the toilet with me. Nice. Like there's just all these like, all the bees that just hang around, but they don't sting you. They just hang around on you. Yeah. You get into the micro life here in the jungle. You get used to and appreciate the micro life. I think you need to take the time to do that as well. It's like an active effort. It's not just like, because if you're walking around in your own head too much, you don't get to notice the beauty, you know? Yeah, of course. Uh, and also people usually are fascinated by big animals, you know, like sure. when I take people to the safari, so they want to see the big five and... Were we trying the big five? The lion, the giraffe? No, giraffe is not there. You have uh, the lion, the rhino, you have the leopard. The leopard? Yeah. Ooh, that'd be good. You have buffalo and elephant. Buffalo and the elephant. So giraffe didn't make it. No, they didn't make giraffe it. Giraffe top, yeah, top six. Top six. <laughs> no, actually, you have um, top seven. Uh, you've got it in South Africa and some places. You get the top seven. Top seven, it's with the great white shark and the blue whale. In uh, South Africa, you have a safari in Adel. Blue whale. You can see the big five and then the big two. The blue whale. The blue whale. Yeah. The big one, huh? The big one. <laughs> yeah. So if you come in the right season, you catch the big seven. That's, that's actually tremendous. Cool. But, uh, so you've caught all of those ones. Yeah, of course, part of my job, actually. I'm doing it. We Usually, you don't catch them in one trip. All the time, I have clients who are coming sure, of course. to the tours and want to see the big five. It's really hard to spot leopard, really hard. Yeah. So you how, are, how are the leopards? Tell me about the leopards. Oof, quite interesting. The most interesting thing is that they live on the trees. It's the only cat that actually climb on trees. You have really rare example for this, like really rare specific places where this kind of a lion or this jaguar would go on a tree. But leopards have this really amazing ability like to also to attack they live by themselves they attack they take their prayer uh, their prey and uh, just drag it up the tree uh, other than that they are quite solitary so it's interesting to see the cats again you know all of them are so solitary and really useful you know it's like a machine it's like hunting machine uh, you have the uh, puma and the cheetah amazing and the cheetah have to eat fast because everything that comes takes its food. And then the leopard that is almost perfect and beautiful and really varied in its kind. What do you mean by perfect? By his hunting abilities, mm. you know, it's like a perfect machine made mm. of, you know, aerodynamics and aerodynamics and all this stuff that makes this uh, amazing creature and give it two abilities like to hunt. And the only cat that actually live in groups, in prides, it's the lions. And they say it's because it's um, crappy abilities to hunt, so they have to stick together. Yeah. So there's the only cat who lives in a group. It's funny because they're kind of seen as like the king of the jungle. Yeah. The like top dog. Yeah. I guess exactly. they are in a way. Yeah. The, the main thing is because of the lion is not really um, doing anything, it's just breeding. The lioness. It's the one that hunts, that go, sure. they have like this army unit vibe and they go together um, hunting in a group. And then when they succeed to hunt, they leave the prey, the prey and the, 
lion is coming and he's the first to eat. And then the lioness and the small cubs are coming to eat. So the saying is the king. He's like, everything is done for yeah. him. But sometimes he needs, he needs to fight. He needs to fight. Of course. So, yeah. Really similar. For the, for the pack. And the um, hyenas? Hyenas, yeah, actually, people are quite hating them, but they're really interesting. Because, because of all the cartoons you've seen and maybe the way they look. Exactly. People yeah. kind of judge the animal, but what are they like? They're laugh. And quite social. They're quite social. Yeah. That's interesting. They're clever, aren't they? Clever and social and really clever as well. You're right. Really intelligent in some way. And also the group thing is really uniting them. They go together. They stick uh, for yeah, each I saw other. That online, yeah. And they're much like nicer, I think, than people would think. It's a lot of evil in nature. Yeah. Yeah. So it's stuck usually to the ugly animals and yeah. stuff. But uh, ahinas are, they have their own the owner the laugh's pretty scary though when you hear it yeah they laugh and also the walk you know they walk like really strange and yeah. pretty miserable and the fact that they but they can survive a lot yeah exactly they survivors from the fact that they eat you know only how do you call it like caracas caracas yeah. and stuff like that so they're actually the cleaners the cleaners of nature like that's what, that's what like Nicole's vultures. saying about the vultures right exactly and that they're actually doing a part even though a lot of people see them as like kind of like we all yeah really the, yeah. the biodegradable way of living yeah <laughs> uh, so hyenas are really important like vultures exactly cleaning up the mess and, and back to the leopards for a sec have you ever seen one hunt before yeah of course well, yeah. You see it, you've seen it in action yeah it's not you don't see it that often but you can see it yeah. or leopard or cheetah or lion yeah the leopard I think is the most impressive he's solitary and he's really like strong bean machine and um, most of the time they don't succeed like I think leopard it's about 35% of their trying is uh, ending in a hunt mm-hmm. and usually the most successful will be a hunt in a black moon night if there is a full moon it's really hard for them for all the cats really yeah the lions uh, yeah, are quite, they can uh, see quite coming. Uh, yeah exactly it's hard because they have to be really close the lions are really bad at this or the lioness um, it's like 27% 28% yeah and the cheetah is the most successful it's like 40 to 45% they're quick this destination yeah exactly they're quick so they need um, less uh, they can do it from they, far away don't, don't they hunt during the day do they hunt at night as well usually at night yeah usually at night you've seen all the videos you've seen during the day you know yeah a lot everything's happening there yeah but when they're hungry they're hungry and if I was to go there with a camera, do you think it would take very long before I got some action, like saw some things? Or do you need to go with specific people or specific Depends. Places? No, if you come with a camera and photographer, you need to be patient. You need to take your time. Most people coming for a two, three-day safari. How long and would they it take? Animal. You a couple of months, you think, maybe? Huh? A couple of months. You get some nice footage. It depends. No, even less. I think in 10 days of full safari, you can get some cool stuff. Yeah. If not, so maybe a couple of weeks, 20 days. Yeah. Quite expensive though, yeah. Really? Safari day, yeah. It's like 20 is there, a, a day. is there a way to do it cheap and good? Mm. But not fast? Hard, hard. Not easy. Not easy. Maybe with a good connections and in the right place, the right time, you can do it. Yeah. yeah. But most people who do, uh, are doing it are coming with a big pocket and they're ready to do it. There are not many like 
backpackers or things like that are coming exactly. for those photos. Exactly. It's this guy from National Geographic sure, or sure. this guy from this magazine and or they, this photographer that has a, a lot. Those, yeah, those guys are coming with a camera that was like $10,000, $15,000, you know, just the camera, just the equipment. They use one one of the lens, you know, one yeah. of the lens is $3,000. Yeah. So for them to pay now $5,000 for 10 days trip is, yeah, that's all. Not, not so much. Yeah. And even uh, sometimes it will be more, yeah. yeah it's a cheap so how would you do it cheaply though? What kind of connections would you need to make? Do you know people uh, that do it like? I lived there for a while. So I speak some Swahili and some people, but then again, it has to be organized. I can't go with anyone and just go to a reserve. And Talk to me about the Ibogina. Ibogaina. Ibogaina, yeah. Really interesting, but this is the other side of Africa. It's West Africa. Okay. And... Originally, it's from the Biwiti, Biwiti tradition. So it's, That's a, the psychedelic, ceremony. it's a psychedelic plant, yeah, right? Yeah, it's a psychedelic plant. They're saying is maybe the strongest in the world or one of the strongest. And really um, popular in Gabon and Cameroon in West Africa. I've read some testimonials online about it kind of curing their addiction. Yeah, um, mostly for uh, today for the Westerns. The door is opening through the medical world, through addiction door, also for the ayahuasca, also now with the MDMA and the psilocybin. It's all coming through the medical door. Yeah. Um, though this is one door, you know, there is another door of spirituality, of perception, of intellectuality. So, yeah, lots of people uh, that are... It's introduced for them. But I feel like the medical door helps people accept it. Yeah, exactly. To make it um, part of our culture, make it legal. Of course, this is how we get now the marijuana. Now we're in in the middle of the process. Some places already finished, some places started, but it came through the door of medical. Medical marijuana and for PTSD and for this and for that. So back back to that. And me and you, we just want to smoke, yeah? Yeah. Maybe for us it's medical as well in some way. Of course. But not as some people need it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Cure. Yeah, exactly. It's not like actually medical in the same kind of way. Yeah. Um, But back to the Ibogaina. How do you say, how do you pronounce it? Ibogaina. Ibogaina. Yeah. Um, Ibogaine, it's the you were saying like sometimes the ceremonies have, uh, you know, for example, in the ayahuasca ceremony, you have a group of people and then you have like a shaman and a couple mm-hmm. of helpers. But um, in the Ibogaine, I don't know how to say it, um, they have like pretty much all these shamans on one person, like exactly. multiple shamans on one person. What were we saying? Up to yeah. 10 people. At least, at least one shaman could be even two, three switching the... The job between them and lots of helpers and dancers. It's a whole thing. How long does the experience it's, go for? Can be the classic one. The initiation classic one for a witty person in the tribe will be two weeks. Okay. Two full weeks. Some of them can be more, you know, if it's actually, if you come and the preparation and afterwards. But the main thing will be two weeks. Also foreigners that are coming to do the full job, the full thing. It's about 10 days to two weeks. Yeah. You can have a short version of about three days, but it's the opposite of ayahuasca ceremony where you have shaman in a circle. Here you have one patient in a circle around him. Um, it's not 24 hours a day. Uh, you have times that you go back and again and again. Uh, you got some, of course, sleeping. Meanwhile, you can get a little bit eating some of the time you're fasting and some of the treatment is also physical if it's dancing if it's doing uh, you have to do some stuff and lots of dancing in front of you to play with the spirit to take out the spirit to take in the spirits 
and things like that. But it's uh, really a whole concert around one person. And also quite pricey because of that. If you will go to a retreat and you will want the full thing, even in Cameroon or Gabon, most places will be in $2,000, $3,000 for the whole thing. Uh, I guess if you speak French and go inside the forest, you can get it uh, cheaper and most authentic, but uh, more rough as well. Eh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, quite interesting. Inter- yeah, quite interesting. And as method of the psychedelic, I think it's different word from ayahuasca, also mushrooms, also ayahuasca with the DMT of four or the DMT of five. Uh, Ibogaina, as I think, is also DMT of five. Um, so also depends. You can go deeper. It's considerably a bit more strong, I can say, and more long the process. Uh, but also in ayahuasca, if you go to a deep place, you know, authentic place, you can get to a ibogaina level. And the same with mushrooms. I can give you easily some mushrooms. If it's the Liberty Cup from Ireland or if it's the Amnita Mascaria from Scandinavia and lots of other places, the red and white mushrooms, uh, they can get to these levels as well. These high levels of ayahuasca and ibogaina. What's the difference between, I know this is like, and it's slightly related, but DMT 04 and 05. They're saying that the DMT 05 is a bit more visual. Okay. More visual and takes you... The spirituality will be strong. The DMT 04, it's more about uh, your vibrations, inner feeling. Uh, also depends with which, with which substance yeah, you mix it. But um, there is, I think... Um, a big difference also of how much it's potent. Mm-hmm. And the five is supposed to be like really potent. And sometimes it will be even with psilocybin together, like in Amnita Muscaria, which have it, and that's quite strong as well. So yeah. it's, uh, yeah. you get a whole package of visuals and hypersensitivity and spiritual journey and vibrations, body, physical a journey, yeah, mm-hmm. can be can be quite intense. And is it because of the intent, the extra intensity? Is it harder to uh, download lessons? No, I think it depends on you. For me and for lots of people, I guess the more hard it will be there, the more deep you go, the lessons are the lessons are bigger. You know, the big lessons are when you go deep, when it's quiet time or. <laughs> around you and you're skilled enough to take the lesson and take the lessons and understand it. Um, If it's with words, if it's with in your language, if it's vibrations, with visuals, it can be lots of lessons, lots of the information can flow to you in so many different ways and how you acquire it as well. If it's with your ego and you as a person there, or if it's your higher mind there, you know, this place that don't hear any words, you say, Anapana cleared mind. And also different lessons, you're more surrender over there. And sometimes some of the lessons you'll get there, some of the lessons will be only after, like a DMT or Salvia Divinarium journey, where you get like your shock, like traumatic shock. 10, 15 minutes, and then you go back and you say, okay, I have this and that and that and that. And some things you will get, some things lost uh, to your subconscious. 
some things will go up in your next in the next ayahuasca ceremony lots of times I'm doing something strong potent like a DMT journey or salvia and then going back to ayahuasca or to a mushroom um, any kind of mushrooms and work on it over there it's more relaxed more chill still I need good dose to have a lesson but I can analyze this strong traumatic thing more easily more slowly but still better with the ayahuasca ayahuasca or mushrooms yeah mm-hmm. Uh, but still, I will still need high doses to go deeper, deeper understanding, more bells will ring. Um, you can get it also in um, lower I know, lower places when you're not too deep inside the medicine, inside the plant medicine. But for me, I prefer it more, more intense, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, guys, I hope you're getting some beautiful lessons downloaded from this chat with Afia. Uh, What I'm going to do is I'm going to just break things up a little bit and throw a mantra your way. So this mantra was recorded at the Sound of Light Circle in Costa Rica. So Flora Australia is a community of beautiful people creating music, love, good vibes, and sending positive energy out into this universe. Shout out to Viz and Nicole. Uh, So this is from that circle. This is from that community directly. I recorded it live while I was there. Uh, so it's, I guess it's a little peek or a little glimpse into what goes on and, and kind, of, kind of some of the vibes that are happening over there. So please crank up the volume and just enjoy this little mantra.
It was interesting with the San Pedro the other day, actually. Yeah. Because we were saying like one and a half ended up having like two, and it was like I don't know. There was like so there were these like little chocolates, the green chocolates. Yeah. And we went for this hike, and after we had the San Pedro, it was like I don't know. It did it did have a strange connection to the sweat lodge we did with the tiny bit, like yeah. a real primal feeling, really like. Like, I don't know, like you feel your every every part of your body, like your fingers, your toes grab onto rocks and you're just moving like more animalistically. Yeah. Like you just, I don't even know if that's a word, but you're just more primal. You're just like, I don't know, it felt really good. Like, you know, washing under the waterfalls and like jumping, going for a swim, look going through the, through the fucking jungle and just like seeing all this like crazy shit, you know, yeah. and just following the way we wanted to go. You holding the roots, the roots of the earth. That was amazing. Like they were so strong. We we're climbing up this hill just off the roots on the side. Nice. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah. And and the feeling was really like, like I don't know, like you know that really kind of tribal kind of, I don't know. It was a really nice feeling though. Nice. Yeah, I like it about the San Pedro. Also in the peyote, you get it. Mm. The desert plants, the desert medicine plants. Yeah. This connection to the ancient, you call it. Yeah. The, uh, as you said, to the deep, also roots of the earth. But you're right, it was a lot quieter than ayahuasca. It was like yeah. a very kind of calm kind of... Yeah, desert. It was like very adventurous thing. though. Yeah. Very adventurous. Yeah, I like it on the San Pedro because then you you move, you activate. If it's sweat lodge, if it's a day trip, you just go. Yeah, I noticed every time, every time we were climbing, because we actually like when we climbed, I don't know, we just followed our feet for like five hours into deep into the jungle. Like we went deep. Nice. We saw these different waterfalls and we were like climbing down these rocks. And every time, I, I think every time there was physical exertion, I remember our bodies were heating up, would feel the San Pedro more, like it would like peak again. It would yeah. like come back to us. Nice. And I remember what you were saying, yeah, about the heating up your body and yeah, that kind of thing. But the breath work and the San Pedro together was beautiful. Yeah, that was amazing for you, huh? Yeah, that was the like mandala breathing. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, I was jealous. I said, ah, it's a nice way. Because not sure about mushroom can be also fun, but with the San Pedro, San Pedro is classic to do lots of activities. Yeah. You can go classic. to the bar with it, with friends, which is okay, less recommendable and less sacred, I guess. Which? Uh, you can go to the local bar with friends and enjoy in your town. Yeah. On San Pedro easily. And you can do so many stuff that is related to the sacred world, related to this uh, ancient things from sweat lodge to mandala breathing to yoga to meditations, uh, maybe just hike or walking in the forest places. But it's really, you activate it with this. 
and like them. But I feel like you need to be careful with it. Yeah, but it gives you. Be- but it gives you focus though. It gives you like the right amount of focus to watch your shit. Like, like when you're doing kind of stuff in nature, to like be careful and have respect. Exactly, it does give you the power to do that. You know, also being humble. Humble, you, yeah. yeah humble, asking for permission. Respect, but also you're more connected. You know, imagine um, I, I can. Um, think also about the coca leaves in the high mountains in uh, Peru or in South America and the San Pedro is the same use but in the desert and it's helped people also to take long walks to go through the coca through the mountains the San Pedro in the desert with less water but also with lots of awareness you are aware that's why you're less you're less mechanical in your daily life we're like we're like idiots. We don't know how to use the body. We're so well Westerns already. Even before we we're a bit Westerns, you know, we don't know where to put our legs. Sometimes we don't know um, how to touch it. We don't know how to put a step exactly on the stone. But with those presents from Earth, I would say the San Pedro in Central America and the coca leaves, and you can say other stuff. But let's say take those two examples. Everything is much easier. You're more respectful. You're more humble. You know exactly where to put the leg. You know exactly where to touch. It even tells you all the time that, okay, you're on something. So be cautious. Even your day life, you're not saying it all the time. Be cautious. You're like, okay. And Teaches you those lessons for sure. Exactly. But you're becoming more aware. You know, you can sometimes spot a snake from tens of meters away yeah. in daily life it will be just next to him won't yeah. notice I think that's right? a very good skill to develop and something you should always be working on 100% that skill just to that, that level of awareness and yeah. just conscious kind of being and you're right as humans we do let it sleep and it's something just to remind ourselves of and it was beautiful being in that moment like climbing up the waterfall and climbing these rocks and you know where to put your hand, you just look and analyze it, kind of the area and you're careful and you get like a little slip sometimes and that's like a reminder for you, all right, like pay attention, you know, because this is this could easily go really, really wrong, you know, and you just need to be super careful. That's what I love. Have you ever been canyoning, man? Yeah, of course. You've been it. canyoning? Actually, New Where'd Zealand. Where'd you do it? New Zealand. Ah, New Zealand. Oh, there's some new canyons there. Nah, They've just discovered them. Never, ever before discovered. Really? Only by, obviously, Ooh. maybe the native Maoris. But, yeah, they did 10 um, years ago. And yeah. they created, they're creating, yeah, like, like going deep into the forest and like these new brand new canyons. I can't wait to check it out. Nice. So you went there. You went in that area, like in somewhere in the South Island. or Yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't even remember the specific area, but uh, South Island. I think no more close to Milford area. Yeah. 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 And beautiful place. We also canyoning. It's quite challenging, huh? <laughs> yeah. Quite challenging, but really, really interesting. I loved it. Not much rock climbing, but I don't do that much. But canyoning, I love. Also in uh, Jordan. In yeah. Jordan? Yeah. yeah. Good, mm. good spots to do it. Ah, I think I've heard about that, actually. Yeah. A few levels, of course. I would say the same levels in New Zealand, but yeah. Should do it in the Himalaya Dome. Malaya is nice playing playground. Yeah, Nepal, especially North India. Ah, uh, yeah. West China, nice playground, uh-huh. best in the world. Whatever activity, or you think anything. so? Yeah, I love it. One of my favorite places. You spent a bit of time there. Yeah, yeah, long time actually. Also from the Tibet side, from China side, from Nepal, from India. I love the Himalayas. Great playground. Yeah, and also the Tibetan way of living is really all around there. So it's you're getting close to this um, 
Zen Buddhism way of life and really connected to nature in, in beautiful environment, respectful environment. Yeah. yeah. Could yeah. easily understand why they pick this spot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, highly recommend. Yeah, India is crazy. It's I really want to go. I've been thinking about India. I've got kind of like India in my mind and like just everything from the culture, the food, things I've seen, the colors, the tastes, the smells, how like alive I've, you know, I've watched movies and films and, and read, read like articles on different areas of India and different kind of events and it looks like the culture is super alive and there's a lot, lot going on. It's kind of like, it's like, you know, it's so unique. Yeah. Um, but obviously you need to experience it in the flesh. And I've got friends who've grown up with Indian friends and the like, Indian food's amazing. Yeah. So it'd be just like a really, really cool thing to do. But I've also been thinking about Iran lately. Yeah. And I met some people that have been to Iran and they were saying like, everyone says it's like the most amazing people and everything's like super interesting. In Iran. In yeah, Iran. they're also really intelligent, really educated people. Yeah. yeah. Indians. Apparently there's no drinking there and... Yeah, like there people still make it in the house and stuff, but yeah, like most of um, Muslim countries are like it. Ah, really? In Jordan, in Egypt. Yeah, but though if you go in Cairo or Amman, you know the big cities, it's different. You can spot, but when you go out, so it's a bit more conservative. Mm. Uh, but as you say, people do it in the house and stuff like that. And yeah, Iran is, I guess, quite special. I can't visit there, unfortunately, with my Israeli passport. But ah, uh, uh, you're not allowed to go there. Nah, no, not allowed. Yeah, but this whole area should be interesting from Syria to Iran to Afghanistan. Yeah, Afghani Lots. food. Have you had Afghani food? Yeah, not really. Like, oh, I, I, I it's good, man. food from that area, not, not really specifically Afghani. Yeah, yeah, it's supposed to be probably good kitchen there. Yeah, West Asian kitchen is really good. Yeah, lots of nice surprises there. Yeah, in India as well, it's really amazing. It's from the food, the people, the culture, lots of secrets, lots of... Is there any place that really schools. touched you that really um, you shared some very special moments with or connected with a place, in, in particular in India? Would you have any that come to mind? Mm, wow, so many places. Hard to <laughs> point one. I love Varanasi. Varanasi is like... What's that? Like, it's, a, um, it's a city in north of India or I can say in northeast. And it's like you took all of India together and put it in one city, like all together packed with the culture and the senses and the, the smells and the, and the feelings and the vibes. It's just on the Ganga and over there they burn the bodies. On the Ganga. On the Ganga, the on the river, the, the Ganges, yeah. On the river <laughs> Ganges. Um, over there they burn the bodies of the people that died. Uh-huh. And I've seen like that. I think I've seen that in the video. Beautiful. So it's full of alleys, small alleys, and all these, these alleys full of smoke, and they carry the bodies, but it's like, it's dark and happy at the same time. It's really spiritual place uh, with spiritual and light uh, atmosphere, and also a bit dark, and then the smoke, and the smells, and the burning of the body so it's all mixed together the, the feelings the senses that everything is like intriguing you all the senses are strong over there what you hear what you see what you touch what you what you eat everything and it's all packed together and it's like 
day after day. It's really emotional, really strong. Gets into yourself. You can't you can't hide away from there. Need some people go there, see it, and leave after a few minutes, maybe hours. They can't spend too long over there. And some people find it really intriguing. We'll go there and we'll be mesmerized. But but by what's going on there? Go in the morning when the Ganges uh, just take a boat um, with a boatman. And in the sunrise, you go there and you see all the burning of the bodies on the jets on the sides of the river. Really special feeling. And as well, lots of ceremonies, lots of culture, lots of music. If you want to learn tabla, if you want to learn flute, if you want to see some performances on the street or in some places. This place sounds very interesting. Really, really interesting. Oh, one of my favorite for sure. Yeah. But uh, India is full of surprises. Yeah. The north is beautiful. Himachal Pradesh, Uttar Pradesh, just on the, um, on the outskirts of the Himalayas. Pushkar in the desert of Rajasthan. Beautiful and sacred small town. 5,000 people. And there is no meat in this town, no eggs. Oh, yeah? Yeah, no eggs, no meat in this town. Why? And it's it's, so it's um, spiritual and okay. vegetarian. Yeah. Um, so, also really holy, lots of ceremonies, lots uh -huh. of jazz, lots of things, and so colorful. And, and the sound everywhere of the shiruti and the flutes, all these Indian instruments ah, all over. Beautiful. Yeah, again, with the smoke and the incense and this feeling, and it's all a bit... Sometimes when you want it, it's packed. Sometimes when you want it, it's really relaxed and you have your place and you breathe. It's, uh, you choose what experience you want, but also Pushkar, it's uh, really a place I would recommend for a visit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll keep that in mind, man. Are you going to be doing much more traveling after the SAT program or are you yeah. just going to go back just for work? Or My work is traveling. <laughs> but do you, still, do you still get a chance to do kind of other things? Like obviously Costa Rica is one of them, but... Do you go outside of work traveling or do you uh, yes, spend your downtime like in one place? Mm, I, I travel quite a lot, but when I go to a place, it's, I give it at least a month, maybe two or three. Yeah. So before I came to Costa Rica, I was about five weeks in Guatemala. Uh -huh. and, and now in Costa Rica actually for a long time. I'm not sure I'm going to travel here that much. I don't have a big call from Costa Rica. Yeah. I would prefer to travel Nicaragua or El Salvador. Yeah. But uh, here I'm specifically for the program. Maybe in the end of it, I'll take a week or two to travel a bit. But I'm traveling at least three months every year. This year I had um, Guatemala for some time, I had Mexico for two months, I had Brazil, okay, it was a year ago, for six weeks. So uh, important, important is traveling. I think what you were saying about, you know, going for four to five, six weeks, at least, you know, five weeks yeah that's an important thing because it's like slow travel really gives you a chance to dissect the lessons exactly. and, and go deeper into the experience but I mean it's hard with I know a lot of the time when you've got a job you only get a certain amount of leave from the job it's hard to go for extended periods of time you know yeah but it's so that's understandable but it's like such a nice thing to do like it's such a like really rewarding thing to do um, but I think even if you've got like only a couple of weeks, I think it's best to stay in the one place and yeah. just get as much as you can out of one place. Depends on where you travel, but I would say if you depends on the reasons. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. I would say it's, it's up to the place. You can stay with three months in the same place would be amazing. And you can a month in a month catch four or five places. Back when nice. I went to, back when I went through Europe when I, in 2012, 
Yeah. Yeah, I went to all these countries and I was only there for like a couple of days, like three, four days in every kind of country or city and moving around heaps over three months. Yeah. And I remember that was just like, it wasn't like a really deep experience for all these places. I feel like I've been there, but I have only kind of scratched the surface. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I really like, yeah, I think staying and traveling and going a bit longer. For me, I, I'm, for me, I found that I've connected to that way of traveling much more. Yeah. I think you should try to find a balance, you know, you're traveling now to India, you have three months, so you can go stay a month in Varanasi. Then you go to the Taj Mahal, why not? You're there to see yeah. this beautiful wonder, but yeah. you don't have what to do in Agra more than three, four days. Sure. You go see the Taj Mahal and then continue. And then you go to Pushkar, which is amazing, let's say. You can stay there three months, but it's okay two weeks to stay there and experience it. Of course. And then to go to another place and stay one week or one exactly. month. But it's to find a balance. You balance it out and you, exactly. depending on where you're going and how much time you have and what your real purpose is. And there are some places to but go. But I feel like sometimes, you know, the best way is to allow yourself the time to be able yeah. to do it with just feeling. Yeah. Like finding a way to be able to just, you know, go somewhere and just go off the way you feel. Like if you feel like staying, you stay. Yeah, exactly. If you yeah. feel like going, you go. But it can allow for the differences in, you know. Time. And on the way, catch some surprises. If you're in Guatemala and Mexico, you can go catch a Maya ruin, but you don't have to stay there too long in this exactly. place that you don't have to do. You yeah. go, you do the V, it's okay. We're tourists. You can see this beautiful, amazing thing that mm. human beings made and continue. But some places, yeah, it's good for two, three days. But most of the places, if you come to relax, to enjoy, it's actually the place that will be less touristy the place yeah that it's good looking up nature and, and actually like going exactly. deep into nature and finding out like what's good in an area like what is it known for from a nature perspective and not only tourist attractions but things places you can go like is there a good place to look at the stars or yeah. to go camping or to go on an adventure yeah, it's or, a nice combination now huh? yeah have yeah. some kind of an experience you know yeah, but so yeah. I really love Japan man Japan's just full of wonderful new experiences and, and yeah. adventures and stories. I think you like India as well, but same, yeah. I heard about Japan. I haven't been to Japan yet. I'm waiting for you this. haven't been yet, dude. Yeah, Japan should be really interesting. Also, you can camp. You camp, would camp love yeah. Japan. Yeah, you can camp there. Nice. You ought to be careful. Depending on where you go, there can be bears up north. Can be what? Bears. Bears, really? Yeah. In Japan? In Hokkaido, in the North <gasps> Island. Wow, crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I spent a month there. That was another one where I had to do, like, I had only four weeks and I didn't want to do the whole country. So I went through kind of the country. I took a lot of trains and I went to the south, southernmost island, like super humid, kind of similar to this weather actually, but more humid. Nice. And um, went all the way to the north point as well in Hokkaido and drove nice. around that area. Tokyo was nice, did some canyoning and stuff. But if you go there, man... There's, let me know if you go there. I'll, yeah. I'll help you out with some like nah, cool things to do. Great. You could spend. A, I spent like a week in Tokyo straight up, and I was just like, you could you could spend a long time in Tokyo because there's a whole like interesting kind of yeah. dynamic there. It's a, a place I would like to you know to spend a semester. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a semester as a student, yeah. you know, to go there. Ah, it's so much fun. The food's Stay there amazing. Three months, six months. The food's it's, incredible, dude. Yeah, that's Tokyo, the one thing Rio I was just Janeiro, like. Uh, yeah. In Melbourne, I had it I actually. Ah, yeah, you were in Balaclava or St. Kilda? Yeah, exactly, in Balaclava. Yeah, Yeah, how long were you there? Uh, Three months and a half, almost four months. Four months. Yeah, which was great. And also, you know, Great Ocean Road for three days. Recently or? 2011, 2012, Ah, something like that. Yeah, and then, you know, visiting here and there a little bit in Victoria, but based in Melbourne. And I walked there also with a friend. Yeah. Had them with his art thing. 
was great, man. But this is a place I wanted to spend some time. So, yeah. and, uh, some places, some towns, some cities that uh, it's nice to spend there. You know, like to feel the vibe, to have friends, yeah. to have your home, to. So Melbourne is exactly a place like that. Yeah. In Sydney, I was like a couple of weeks. Was enough. <laughs> you were a fan in Sydney. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I have good, good friends in Sydney. Oh, it's different. Yeah, Sydney yeah. more reminded me Shanghai, New York. Ah, okay. Melbourne was more well, my kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. More cultural, interesting. Yeah. So yeah. And have you traveled around Europe much? Um. Yeah. Yeah. Haven't been for some time, but yeah. Especially in West Europe, in Germany, in Holland. I studied in Denmark for like six weeks. Uh-huh. Scotland, they had a really nice trip. I really want to like go there, weeks. actually. Scotland, I was talking about Scotland today. I spent only in Ireland, in the island with a magical single month. I spent there like 10 days. With the what, sorry? In um, Isla. It's a really famous island. Isla uh-huh. Island. This is where they make um, La Froing and La Gavolin. What's that? It's like really... Um, smoky whiskey single malts ah good stuff <laughs> the best stuff the best in the world yeah. the best in the world and how was that it was amazing also the feeling I stayed over there with a friend and she's living there and she works in a brewery and she's part of it small island at all of it um, in, in this Celtic vibe uh, whiskey also a little bit psychedelic so really it's really interesting yeah and also nice trek I did there like a 12 days trek what psychedelics did you have in Scotland Mostly mushrooms. Uh-huh. Yeah, mostly mushrooms. And lots of whiskey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not too much into alcohol, but uh, when it's the best in the world. That's what I mean. That's what I was talking about earlier, when the opportunity's there. Yeah, like it's when worth... it's with quality. When yes. it's not, you know, like... Well, with appreciation, you know. Exactly, when it's not, not a wine box well, in, Rist- in Brisbane. And recently but... to me, actually, I just went through Mendoza, which is like the wine, one of the, the wine kind of region for, um, for Malbec. It's nice. like a red wine that I, I love. Malbec's like my favorite wine. And I yeah, was there. Malbec I was in this good, place. Yeah? So I was nice. like traveling around and just like trying everything. Like I was traveling around and it was just like all these different places were just yeah. amazing. Yeah. For me, much less with alcohol. But when I went to Mexico, for example, the same, you're in the tequila land. So you have to try. Yeah. It's part of the culture. And yeah. yeah. It's beautiful. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Also... We talked about it with the San Pedro. It's interesting. It's a nice combination with the with the chitza or with the what's chitza? Pulque. What's pulque? It's the, um, alcohol made of corn. So when the Mayans did their ceremonies, okay, and um, oh, they did it with mushrooms. Actually, they used to drink the pulque, and in the northern part of South America, they used to do it with the chitza. It's also made up of corn alcohol, and in the ceremony. Of San Pedro ceremony, the authentic with the drums and everything, and the cleaning, and with the shaman. So part of it is to drink the t- the chitza. Yeah. So you do the San Pedro and the alcohol together, and it's actually a really nice combination. It's a good mix. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. If they do it for tens of thousands of years, I won't say no. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting. Not many combinations between psychedelics and alcohol, though. I don't see it much happen. I'm yeah. not a big fan of it. Of alcohol. The opposite. I'm even fan of, you know, single-use, one-trick horse, one-trick one trick pony. I know what you mean. Yeah, if you do ayahuasca, so you do ayahuasca. No need to smoke marijuana, no need to take mushrooms the day after, no, or especially during the journey. It's This is the teacher, and that's what you do. Yeah. Uh, with mushrooms or LSD, most of the time it's better like to see what this thing is doing. Maybe 
in the future when you're really skilled and you want one in, once in a while maybe to change or to see how is um, marijuana influence in the mushroom world or another combination so I don't know I found it I found it interesting to have a joint on the last part of the second ceremony yeah because I felt like it was like a download of information exactly and that's what yeah. I was told and I tried it and it, it worked in a magical way it was like normally you get like a breath of creativity with uh, with marijuana, right? Uh, but this was like a, you, this I was think. this was a storm of creativity just came rushing through yeah. me, and my pen went, my hand went to the paper, started writing things, and it was like like I've told you this before, it was like I wasn't even like I didn't even know what I was writing. My hand was just writing on the ideas and neatly put them in order from one to ten, and like kind of did all these things. And my, I was just watching my hand write it. Nice. And I was like, this is a cool experience. But I do agree with you. I think. I, I wouldn't go around like mixing these kind of things, but for me, it was just because they said in the Santo Daima tradition, yeah. they do it. So I was thinking, uh, I was thinking, only at, is doing I was thinking Santo Daima, on the yeah. end of the second ceremony yeah. after the third cut, when you're kind of coming back to your sense of reality, it'd be yeah. interesting to see, you know, what that experience was like. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't recommend mixing anything really. I think the right. best way, like you said, is just to try you know, experiment with certain things uh, that are right for you and just be safe about it, you know what I mean? Because I think that could also, that could get a bit dangerous as well, mixing things. Yeah, as well, also. And also to experience, to be aware, even when you mix, so it's good to mix, but understand what you mix, what is the teaching. When you do marijuana on ayahuasca, or marijuana usually, even on shrooms, it takes you from this teaching to another teaching, but in this world. Yeah. So the host is still ayahuasca, but now you start to, after, once you did the path, you start to look on yourself. It's about yourself. So you're saying it's before. personal. Yeah. Usually it will be for good. If yeah. you do marijuana, a strong one, and you're not in a good environment, and it's not with the medicina, sometimes it will be rough. But um, on the medicina or on the ayahuasca or on the mushrooms, lots of times in a good vibe, it takes you to look on yourself in a good vibe. And I'm going to do this and I'm going like that and I'm analyzing myself like this. Whereas the ayahuasca is like the eye of God. It's like... Exactly. It's also about yourself, but not as in Balichuan. It's also about the universe, about connection, about... uh, This also has self-awareness, of course. Of course. But self-awareness is for... Other messages as improving. The marijuana is more like um, take you as a self thing yeah, as yeah. self adorant you know it's I'm this and I'm that and it's beautiful and I know where I come and what I have achieved and who am I but in a good experience you know it takes you to this proud interesting place and this is the lesson and if you like it everyone can go do it but it's also understanding it can be different also from person to person from marijuana to marijuana on different ayahuasca but that will be the basic thing what did you think about the ayahuasca from last night's ceremony was really interesting for me. It was quite different because it was uh, singing ceremony and playing ceremony for the students. And for me, I'm not used to be present at ceremonies. I'm the, with the Peruvian way. I like to go be in the darkness. I like to go to the forest to work by myself to be in silence. Close my eyes, go inside, see what she want to tell me, see what I want to tell her. And here it was more presence, more practicing. This was more. Uh, a different lesson about how to manage the circle and also for me to give to the circle to give to the program to understand that I'm here I'll have enough ceremonies in Israel or Peru that I can do whatever I won't go to the darkness what did you think about the medicina though that's what I meant 
was quite relaxed, yeah? Yeah, it's really mellow, yeah? Quite relaxed. No, I saw people fell down. For me, it's usually... Uh, I, I'm having fun over there. So for me, like, to put it in a fun place, relaxed place, is easy to go deep. I told you, at some points I went next to the fire, I saw you, and you were there, like, uh, your thing, and the people in the circle were quite confused. So people talked about it was mellow. But I saw them at some point of the ceremony, lots of people were falling down and stuff. So they just compared it to other ceremonies where they were like, you know, four or five hours sure. out of connection. And this one was like one hour, two hours. But people also, you know, a bit in there. But compared to other ceremonies, it was mellow. Um, but I liked it. I, I, I really thought it brought everyone together quite nicely. Like it was just a really connected kind of... I don't know, nice feeling, to be honest. Yeah, great feeling. It was joyful. And for me also, then, being present over there in the circle and supporting the others, being supported when I had my part. It was beautiful. And yeah, that, that was the experience, you know. Sometimes you have to go and experience what you're given, not being given something or experience something else. Mm-hmm. So it's important sometimes to synchronize with what, what life is giving you and sometimes to leave your choices outside and it's important um, lots of times it's important to choose to choose you have the right to choose not being just a machine so yeah. this one was uh, letting go and giving it let the path choose for me and it was, was yeah I think good. that's I think that's a massive lesson allowing the path ahead of you to kind of unfold itself and yeah. heading in a direction even though you don't really know what the next step's going to be and then things kind of fall into place Having a plan, you know, rolling, rolling that direction, creating, you know, what you what you want to, you know, which reality you want to be living in. But at the same time, I think it's important to just allow things to unfold. That's huge. Yeah, be open all the time, all the time. Yeah. yeah. And when you have opportunity, to take it. Yeah. And to go and to and to go because the moment passes, right? Exactly. And then um, it's too late and you realize it, you know, and it's kind of like, you know, it's when you get better at catching those moments and, and just jumping exactly it's about here and now eh? yeah being present um, I think that's one of the biggest lessons in ayahuasca and psychedelic world it's cleaning the mind Mm. and playing with this conditioning you have and mostly being present your yourself your real self not the not the typecast personality that was conditioned and conditioned that was expect to this or to that and want to do this or to that and you know this passion but you yourself just being here and then the whole feeling is coming, the spirituality, the being unite with nature and stuff like that. But first is go inside, being here. This is this is quite quite a work. It's easy to say, I think. It's coming now to the West, it's becoming like a slogan, but it's not really well performed, I think. You can see I think even the in the higher levels I'm still far away from that, but even the higher levels I think it's really hard to work, to work on it more and more and more. I think with, with it is just find what being present means to you. Do you know what I mean? Like figure out what that means to you. Is it, does it mean when you're walking, you stop and you notice this like bee that landed on a flower and you look at that and you hold it inside your heart and you appreciate it and you love that moment. Yeah. And then, but you've taken the time to do that and you, you're, I, I don't know if aware is the right word, but you're mindful enough to, see see things and capture you know moments in nature and in in you know relationships and in life that you know you can really appreciate and i guess if you do that more often that's you become better at that that's kind of my interpretation 
Yeah, yeah. But that's kind of, I guess everyone would have their own way of looking at it. Well, I think it's subjective and objective at the yeah. same time. You know, it's like love, being love. It's different to everyone. Being in love is different, but it's the same in yeah. the basic. You know, yeah. if we go to the oxytocin and to the feeling and what you want to do, but it will be different and the same. So I think the same about that. Like it's there's subjectiveness in this idea and it's subjectiveness uh, depending on how you look at this. 100%. But I think uh, you know it's just uh, exactly it's like an emotion. You can't. It's hard to describe it. Yeah. It's, uh, it's more something that you feel as a, yeah. in a living body as a human being. Yeah. This being, I think, it's something that you feel. And I think that's something all of us could do more of. You know, hmm? we could all do more of that, like what? living in that way. Yeah, of course. I think well, that's some of the Western world now is craving for it. I'm not sure how much this wave is big, but uh, it's coming. It's coming. I think. Uh, after we understood the opiates are not the answers. <laughs> so I think maybe this whole ancient truths or this opening to the new old ideas, I think it's coming back. I'm not sure in which level it's settling, but it's getting big. Huh? From the Eastern philosophy coming now with the yoga and meditation and Raki and Reiki and stuff. Sometimes in a funny way, you know, you see people going to work and before the... And they do seven minutes meditation and actually as escape thing. And it's not supposed to be escape meditation. It's supposed to be a way of living or a way to, to help your rest of the day to, to navigate better. Yeah, so you're present not as a for seven yourself. minutes escape. Yeah. So sometimes it's a funny way. Sometimes it's more respectful way and people really integrate. They do their sometime meditation during the day and they're, they're really calm and really affecting, letting the, the meditation affect them. So really learning from it. So it's coming with few ways. Also the psychedelics, you know, some people coming do the ayahuasca and have one ceremony or five and then, yeah, I did this and this and my ego, yeah, I saw my ego died. And the day after they're the same, they're conditioned, they're not <laughs> self-aware, they don't know what they do. They, yeah. they let the voice inside their That's the one thing I was worried them. about, you know, that's the one thing when I came here, I was worried about happening. I read about it in books. I read I read about a certain way of that. I, I read that people kind of can sometimes think like it's us versus them. Like we've tried it and we're like more kind of highly, like our, our consciousness is more evolved than those other people that haven't tried it. And they kind of look down on other people. And that's like an ego trip. Yeah. I've read about that. That's like something that happens. Uh, there's people that that happens to. And there's also people like you were saying, that just don't put the lessons into practice. And then kind of just drift off back into the abyss, probably in the in the in the opposite direction with more energy now, because they've actually backed up not doing it. Yeah. So I think the one of the recommendations is as soon as you finish your experience, put some things into action and start heading in the right direction. But that's one thing that I've kind of been struggling with, and, and I even asked uh, Mother Ayahuasca in one of the one of the sessions, one of the ceremonies. I was like, um, how can I better integrate this? You know. And the message came, came inside me that uh, came to me from inside that pretty much, you know, you just take action straight away. That that little window at the beginning is a nice little momentum push for you to go in the right direction. So kind of make the most out of it and write things down. Yeah. Write write things down even afterwards, even just during the day, if you have thoughts, you know, and have time to think about things and have time not to think, have time to meditate. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's also kind of an interesting balance between cleaning your mind or investigating the mind. It's also something really interesting and we should split the time going deep inside yeah, exactly. ourself we and also it up. deconstruct the self, you yeah. know, find a balance. 
there is no, I guess, one shoe for one way. It's what's appropriate for anyone. But it's important mm-hmm. to find this balance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, but as you say, it's really interesting to see this process that people go, but sometimes with lessons and sometimes without the lessons. And that's why I find it really fascinating, this connection between the American, native American world of the psychedelics mm-hmm. and this Eastern philosophy of self-awareness about inspecting and observing yourself. And then you have the tools, if it's the psychedelics um, or other ways, other methods, you know, to put it in practice, to think about it, to go deep. And then with the teachings, with the Hinduist, Buddhist teachings, with the Eastern philosophy ideas about meditation and yoga and how to... um, how to get perspectives of what you do, what you feel, what you think about your the words that are going in the mind, this voice in the mind that talks with you and that this machine mm-hmm. that was built by society and to see how what is, what is it made from, to see the, the, the small pieces inside, how, the, how it's going, how it's working and this combination of psychedelics and lots of inner thoughts I think it's really um, helpful in this process otherwise also the psychedelics as you say sometimes even it won't be even just useless it can take even bad direction you know they're saying like 50% of the um, ayahuasca use in the Amazonas is actually for negative uh, uses it's for what do you um, mean negative uses can you explain what you mean it's Controlling the ayahuasca, controlling this world is a shaman um, of a tribe, of a community. It's having lots of powers and you can use it for clean and use it as a medicine and use it to take people to their higher mind and higher place. And then again, you can use it as a negative influence. You can put curses on people. You can affect people in a negative way and take it to all these... Um, I uh, know a uh, subconscious mind that is dealing with negative issues. They're saying they have fights inside, inside these dimensions, inside these realms of different shamans, one in another. If it's in telepathy, things that we're not really aware of in the West, things that are exist or not, but they're there in a negative way. But do we you can think... believe in it, in it or we cannot. Sure, but, but do you think... There. So what are you saying? You're saying that there's a, there's a good and a bad side, but what would the motive be of a bad shaman? Or a negative shaman? Was that to steal Ooh. someone's stuff? Or what's the motive behind that? What's our motive in life? I think ego. I think this is what takes us to lots of places. Yeah. Can be money in some place. Can be power in other place. Can be just an ego here. Can be yeah. I have superpowers uh, there. I'm the strongest person in the tribe. Can be so many reasons. But the world is full of evil. Yeah. So the reasons are so many uh, to be evil. I think we should think why the reasons to be good. Yes. What are some of the reasons to be good? Uh, what are the reasons? I guess when you get there finally and you get to these places, it's more than morality, you know, it's more than basic morality. What's good in China, it's, it's bad in the States. It's not more than local morality. Moral is, it's, it's uh, moral issues, I think. It's something that's overestimated. They teach you how to be moral, but what you do here, it's completely disgrace in other places. Sure. Uh, I think virtues are sure. bigger than morals. And what is virtue? I think virtue something that you you know by yourself like a value in your life 
Value, you can like say value as well. Value. I prefer the word virtue. 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 Yeah, I like the word virtue, actually. I, I prefer it on value. Values also take me into the micro level, into sure. the moral level. Sure. You know, value. My value here to do this and that, but in this culture is different. And the name of values and moral... So personal uh, virtues. In, in, the, in the name of moral and, and values, um, religions killed each other and butchered each other and then countries are killing each other in the name of their good value. Yeah. Value is... Doing what's good for you, moral. What is moral? Moral, I'm doing what's good for me. I can be, again, I can be a Nazi or I can be this, and I do what's good for me. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm doing what's good for me. So good and bad is really hard to play with. Sure. Uh, with virtues, as I see it, it's hard to, 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 to grasp it, to put it to words, but I think once you, you're going for the negative, you know what is not good for you. And you know what is uh, eventually will bring you back. Sometimes it's with teachings from the outside. Sometimes it's from inside. Can be the psychedelics. Can be your own experiences. What are some of your virtues? Um, I think it's I don't know. It's a personal thing. I think is now now my virtues being more humble. Lots of teachings I got from the psychedelics. Um, something is again my virtues is something that I practice. I need to practice every day and to go. And to to do it, and my virtue, another one is to understand that I'm asleep, that we're all sleeping, and once I understand I'm sleeping, and that there is a machine inside that is conditioned, and inside once you understand it, it's getting really can get really frustrated because you understand that you're being controlled about something that is not really you. And then you start to ask yourself what is really you. But then it's a virtue because you understand there is a path. And you go this path. You start to eliminate. You start to understand what is negativity for you. What, is in, what are your virtues? And this is the way to be awakened. And it's taking this machine and, and t- take it apart little by little of what you were, what you've been taught and learn about this culture. And once you understand your sleep, I think this is a, a, a big break towards going forward the process. So I think that's another virtue that I have, but I'm just touching it. And when, I, when I, you I say asleep, when you say asleep, do you mean just what you were saying then? Like everything's kind of controlled and there's some kind of machine working inside. Yeah. Everything's going to kind of play out a certain way based on that. Not even culture, not even society. Sure, like no, no, us, I get, I get what self. you're saying. Like human, humans, right? Yeah, yeah. Like you can um, be completely now... Take all your mind. You have a long, long practice. Meditate. Go inside. Sure. Let let the, this voice in your mind to be really, sure. really quiet. To stop at all, and then even go to a Tibetan monastery or go to a place and to someone that you trust. To go to a teacher and let him follow. Let him he to be your teacher and let do whatever he wants. Because until now, we're doing something that is not us. We all our life we doing something that is not us. We say now it's germs, and we say it's neuro, the neurotransmitters, and we have so many excuses. But the basic thing is we have a conditioned machine inside our brain, and it's controlled, and it has voices, and it tells us what to do. And we're a different person every day. Me in the morning can be different than me in the afternoon. This is why we're so frustrated sometimes. This is why we can lie or think we say the truth. And this is why we have plans for us. And we, so we know we have plans. And the week after, they change because it's not the same person. We have different persons inside. We have different people that can make a decision. There is not an owner. There is a house inside. And the master of the house is 
Nader is in the basement, you know, the master of the house is in the basement. Meanwhile, the cleaning lady is doing what she wants, and this guy is doing what she wants, the neighbor is here, the master is, is hitting there. And until we don't understand it, we're sleeping. Um, and to be awake, I think it's a long, long, long process. I'm not sure if it's uh, possible to everyone, I'm not sure if it's fully possible for me. I think also in a way to do it, you need to give up everything, give up at least lots of stuff, you know, that you believed in, that you wanted, understanding things like that about pleasure, every pleasure, we talked about every, every pleasure has a cost. Once you understand it, you start to look about every pleasure as something that will have cost for you, maybe in the future, maybe now. If it's petting a cat, if it's eating an ice cream, if it's putting a blanket on you when it's a little bit chilled, every pleasure is a cost. Of course. And that's the one thing I learned from one of the ayahuasca ceremonies. It was kind of like, I don't know, like there's sometimes you're not going to be fully comfortable with everything. You need to learn to be kind of semi-comfortable and semi-uncomfortable and kind of work through that. Do you get, do you get how I'm connecting this? Yeah. So it's, it's kind of like, yeah, I think it's important to, you know, look at that aspect of things, but it's very hard when, you know, you're really trying your best to, uh, you know, break down these layers of conditioning and you go deeper and deeper and it seems almost infinite, you know, how deep you can go. But it is kind of an important process to do because, you, like you said, in your, in your version with the house, you're getting closer to the basement and, and unlocking the master to come out and yeah. kind of help kind of, you know, your higher self, I guess, or getting closer to that, to that um, version of yourself because we've all got the answers inside us. It's interesting, like that we were talking about the default mode network, yeah, and how that how the ayahuasca, the DMT, or however it works, that gets kind of put on pause, and how to shut it down a bit. This default yeah. mode network, yeah, and not doing a task. Meanwhile, because yeah. we have the task machine, or we do the task machine, or we go back to the default mode network, and to get out of the game, to yeah. find the gap, you know, to, yeah. to, to take with your elbows to take them out. It's really hard it's a process to finish every task not have a task in your mind yeah and then take out dissolve this the default mode network with all these self ideas and future and past and all these uh, big uh, chunks of, of, of layers that you have to put yourself you know it's like a, have you heard of something you carry on your back I think it's Stephen Pressfield his book about like uh, resistance and this is like, it talks about resistance as being this force that every kind of creative has to kind of battle. And the resistance is kind of what holds you back from, you know, achieving your greater self because it kind of, you need to push past it if you're going to get to a disciplined kind of, you know, build habits and go and kind of, you know, live a, live a fulfilled life. You need to break past this resistance, he calls it. And he's got these like rules and interesting ways of breaking past it. And he's saying like every day is going to be hard because you wake up and you still got to fight the battle every day. Nah, interesting. You know, it's a very interesting book. I'll um, I'll leave a link in it in the show notes. I'll give you. I'll, I'll definitely um send you yeah. the name of it. Yeah, but you got to check this one out actually. Hallucinogen. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I need to read it. So you want to, you just grab that one and you head off because. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, but the, the idea, as you say, it's really like similar to lots, you know, from Ellen Watts to Krishna Morty yeah, to yeah. Gurudev, you yeah. know. Alan Watts is fascinating. Fascinating. Also Spoken amazing. Bring you the times. Buddhism ideas and really Western, uh, Western, 
Western terminology and transfer yeah. you all this knowledge in ways that you can understand also with a, a bit of a skepticism and a, yeah. and a bit of cynical. It's a yeah, it's a bit, of, a bit of humor as well, yeah, you know? Yeah, it's Just, classic British humor. It's beautiful to see it. Yeah. And even his voice is quite pretty nice. Yeah, uh, amazing, amazing girl. I love it. I can I can hear Trans McKenna, but Ellen Watts is. Uh, oh, it's Trans McKenna's voice. Yeah, yeah, that's it's, uh, that's, that's something I can deal with. Actually, really hard. Like, I love to read it. Yeah, read the stuff, but yeah. I can't hear him. Yeah, his brother is okay, Dennis. But uh, as you say about this, uh, first of all, you talked about discipline as well, and the discipline is really important. But discipline yeah. is not only as the ways you think, you know. Uh, coming also from Israel and with his dears from the army. I was all my life against discipline, you know, in school and society. Yeah. I grew up, you know, we have some people, you know, that are resistance in some way. And I think this is a good resistance to the discipline. I agree with that as well. And yeah. But I do feel like the discipline, like self-discipline, like getting yourself in a routine, getting some things in order, exactly. practicing something regularly, creating regularly, you know, whether it's art, music, or just learning, you know, language or whatever it might exactly. be. You know, working out, finding some kind of discipline, like routine for yourself, so that you're actually building something. You can see some projects in your life, a progress in your life, and you. yeah. move forward. And, and and that's like accomplishment. It's a really nice thing, and I think it's needed. Like if you look at, for example, um, Riz May on the guitar, or Gabriel in the dr- as a drummer, or even Nicole when she sings, these are all things that they practice outside of ceremony. And then when when they're in the and you know in a ceremony ayahuasca ceremony all these kind of powers come through them and they're able to channel this already previously you know well-practiced art form which is whatever it might be but like for example i'm playing drums if i'm practicing every single day for like 10 minutes 20 minutes half an hour over a couple of months if i'm just mucking around having a good time i'll have a lot more tools to work with and i'll be able to create something even on another level of beauty you know Exactly. Um, that all comes back down to discipline. So when you see people that are really kind of like doing things that are really amazing, a lot of the time it's because the, the discipline was there. And that's something that I've, I've struggled with before, you know, consistency, discipline, self-discipline. But I think it's a very important thing. Yeah. As you said, exactly. So this is discipline that is really something we should acquire. It's also helped you with its process to release from your... Um, past or things that you need to let go and your mind, your behavior, and you need to be disciplined also to improve yourself, your physical body, um, your emotional body, your spiritual body. Really important to have discipline. Also in this order, like in this sense of being disciplined and do it again and again and again until it's part of the system. And also discipline, it's discipline. Discipline, it's actually learning, discipline. And when you understand the discipline, it's actually learning that's the roots of the world, of the world. So you understand it in different term. Discipline is actually to learn, to acquire, to put something inside your system, inside your mind. And when it's something that is needed and for your higher self, then it's really part of the really big process. That well, that's kind of what you're doing here at the moment. So you're part of the student apprenticeship program of Floristral, which is like all about, you know, helping people become... I guess shamans in a way, or like, what, what, how would you explain it? Helping people hold space for, how would you explain uh, it? I, uh, the, 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 I think um, they put the headlines as, as being uh, able to facilitate uh, being a able ceremony. To f- facilitate ceremonies, uh, but okay. But it's more than that. This is like the big glamorous uh, sure. version, of course. Um, 
no one is coming here and after three months or after six months or after two years is going to be a big shot shaman like a Peruvian. But that shouldn't be the goal anyways, right? Exactly, exactly. So exactly. I think that's they're the kind of lessons you learn so, in a place of this. So you're actually developing yourself though. Exactly. Self-development, self-awareness. You do that also quite a lot. Also facilitate the space, but this is a yeah. small part of it. You know, the big part is facilitate yourself first, I think. That's a big part of it. Yeah. Uh, also getting the skills, of course, of playing a guitar and how to honor an altar and how to drum and get into a uh, rhythmica, uh, which is beautiful about your physical body. Uh, more than that, it's about lots of lessons about the mind. If it's the meditations, the Nada Brahma meditation, the silence meditations, how to do them right, the Eastern philosophy school of thought, the Native American, the Alianza school of thought. Um, when you combine all of them, as well the Umbanda, the Umbanda, the African-Brazilian, uh, that is rooted in the Condemble, uh, Candumbele, uh, from West Africa. You take all these schools together and it's how to improve yourself, how to actually snap out of your daily Babylon way of thinking, way of behavior, and making a big process, big steps to be better version of you, or actually being you, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's self-awareness is a big teaching. Yeah, allowing you, yourself to be yourself. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think this is the main thing of the program. Bella! Bella doesn't know yet now. She knows. Now she knows? Now she does. Forrest is just like... I've never seen Forrest like this. It's yeah? This energy. Ah, oh, these big dogs, huh? There are big dogs here. No, nah, they're super innocent though and playful. Magic, I really like fast. It's so funny. Yesterday I saw her also with Onyx. She was uh, next to Onyx, to the cat. This is interesting. How they communicate with each other, you know? Yeah. They're really cute. Look at them. Yeah, they're, they're always playing. These two dogs are beautiful. See the cat, I love it. It's like it's it's part of the shadow, you know, the shadow world. Yeah. Don't, don't mess with me. <laughs> you can hear him. Of the shadow world, they're just here to have fun. You know? He's usually really chill, but I guess he gets a little bit timid sometimes. Of course, no. yeah. Come on, two big dogs next to. No, him. I mean, at nighttime he gets a little bit timid. He's super cute. He's a, this guy sleeps like ninety five percent of the time. <laughs> He's and he always snoozes in the weird places around the house. Yeah. He's always sleeping. You saw where he was. <laughs> yeah, nice. It's cool you have a house cat here. Yeah, it's nice. I really love this cat. Like when I moved since I moved in, I really like fell in love with this cat. Nice. So nice. So you're not allergic to, to, to it? Not a little bit, but not really. Like yeah. nothing like how I used to be. I think because I've been hanging around with more and more cats, I got used to it in a way. Shave it every morning. Shave it. The cat. <laughs> it's just in the morning, huh? Yeah, shave just it. Just shave myself and then shave no, the, the cat. The cat. Yeah. Both of you. <laughs> we it. shave together. Yeah. Also, my cat, you know, like um, at one point, it's really, I, I didn't have a job back then. And sure. I had a cat and I had to feed it. Sure. So there was a um, L'Oreal, you know L'Oreal company? Mm, L'Oreal. L'Oreal, yeah. yeah, they're famous. They're doing lots of shampoos sure. and all these cosmetics. So they had a lab next to my house. So I just, uh, I gave him once a week. He went for six hours. They were testing him and something like that. Yeah. And um, I would get money for it, like $100 every time. And he was it just a few times he came back yellow and stuff like that. But he made good money and he could afford his food. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do, huh? 
<laughs> but I love this story. I told it to everyone that, you know, visit me in the house. I see, ah, you know, he needs to pay for his stuff. <laughs> I can't like, you know, hold him. He's living here. He's eating, you know. Because uh, you can find a job, so. <laughs> cat can be useful, huh? How many cats have you had in your life? Wow, actually a few. Oh, okay. I'm going to get a quick like refill many, on, the, but, uh, on the tea. Huh? Do you want some more? A little bit more? Yeah, it could be. <laughs> Honey? Yeah. Um, maybe. Never look. I'll go for a sweet version. <laughs> you say it's still on the record? You're recording? Yeah. Nice. So after What'd that, you, you say on the record. <laughs> it's off the record. You, you're editing it afterwards? No, I'll leave it in there. I'll edit the middle part out. Nice. Just give you a little break. Cool. Yeah, give me um the um the li- the link so I can send people. Yeah, hundred percent, dude. It's fun. I want to see you making some little cards. I know it's not like big scale, but I think we find it. I can hand them out to people and like spread them over the years. Yeah. Forest. Not a bad solution. Oh, I need to find clothing. Must have some colored shirts. Salute. <laughs> He's going to look for it. He's looking on the phone. He suspects the phone, eh? He's sus. Coming through. Look how nice that is. Yeah, exactly. You know what, dude? Uh, I reckon we get the camera back on for the last five minutes. Yeah, that's it. So none of that was the podcast, that was all the warm up. Okay. And now, we and now we do it. <laughs> yeah, I was making some tea. The light is actually really good right now. It won't last very long. Yeah, nice.
Dude, I have to get you all your decals and stuff before I go. Yeah. We'll have to exchange stuff. Not we really easily. We don't have a phone. Because that's one of my problems. I keep being in touch with friends after I meet them. I always just yeah, stop. So it's, that's one thing I want to work but on. Try to come to Israel. Screen. You've been to Israel? Never. Try to come in the oh. next two years, huh? 100%. I can Find come. a week or two weeks. Now yeah. we have a place to stay for Easy. free, man. It's awesome. I'd love to come. Come. It opportunities, you see. This is where destiny calls you. Yeah. Come to the Middle East. Maybe you'll go to Egypt as well together. I really want to go to these kind of countries, yeah. Yeah. If you come for some time and I'm in Israel, you know, even imagine I'm... You come for a month. Maybe one week I'll be in Africa. But there'll be just some good, and good shit to film you'll have, over there, man. you still have the apartment in Tel Aviv to go. You yeah. know, we'll save you money cook at home and everything yeah we'll be like almost yeah dude, tra- traveling for nothing next, less than that hope yeah next year and a half two years yeah exactly uh, on the way back to Australia or something like that yeah if you pass for Europe come and it's you can find cheap flight eh you reckon yeah I think so from Europe yeah no because I really like another thing is I really like I really resonate with the culture, you know, like it seemed and the food, yeah. Middle Eastern food. Man. Yeah, also if we have ceremonies, we can go to the ceremony, Yopo or San Pedro, Ayahuasca in Israel. San Pedro ceremony, I've, dude, I've got this really strong connection to San Pedro. Yeah. Like I really felt like this, like, nice. like, I'm, like oh, I'm home, you know, like I felt that with Ayahuasca, though, like, oh, this is very different. Yeah. It was like a really like. I think connected to my fire inside, like fire. Nice. Like I, I've got this weak connection to fire that I never realized, but I'm always thinking about, like I always like fire. Yeah. When I was a kid, I used to start fires with like yeah, little shits. Yeah, yeah, me too. I used to make little bombs and stuff and let them off at the park. Which month them. you were born? April? April, yeah. Yeah. You? Me too, me too, yeah. Oh, really? What, what day is your birthday? 19. Ah, mine's 20. Really? That's too <laughs> nice. weird, dude. Nice. Really, 19? Yeah, making a wrap room. That's so good. Bicycle day, the day that Hoffman find them. The Mine's uh, 420. 420, yeah, 420, <laughs> LSD day, bicycle uh, day. The day Hoffman uh, did the LSD thing. That's interesting. <laughs> what, <laughs> why is it LSD day? What? Because um, in 19th of April, 1943, he discovered the effect of it. Uh-huh. Already in 1938, he did it, but he left it in five years on the sign. Yeah. And in 19th of April, 1943, he went to, the, to his bicycle. Right. He's famous, uh, Hoffman, Albert Hoffman, Albert the guy Hoffman. that synthesized the ergot mushroom. And the what mushroom? Er- ergot. Er- ergot mushroom. Ergot mushroom. He took it. He was supposed to make it, to make a medicine for pregnant, um, like kind of a morphine for pregnancy, you know, to uh, relieve the pains. Yeah. During, um, how do you giving a birth? Sure. And that's what he meant to do. And then he invented the LSD or synthesized actually the LSD. And then the LSD so became it was an famous. accident. And yeah, like most big things in history. Yeah, kind of an accident. But yeah, it was an accident. But anyway, the shrooms will, you know, go to be famous and stuff. I think even without this. Yeah. But the fact that he synthesized it and it's then it started to spread in the 60s. The 60s were big because of this mistake. Because of LSD. Because of one person's mistake. Yeah, exactly. The 60s were huge. Yeah, exactly. What all this psychedelic thing? Because LSD was synthesized, and then you didn't need a, a dry mushroom, fresh mushrooms, or anything like it. You could just uh, synthesize LSD, put what it in your. What does synthesize mean? Sorry. And, and sell it. Synthesize is like taking a natural ingredient, ingredient, 
and make it in the lab, in the laboratory from, I guess, from chemical stuff that are more accessible. Yeah. So you're taking something organic and you made it like a pill. Like you take um, heroin or what you made heroin from. Also heroin actually is chemical. But you take coca leaf yeah. and you make cocaine. Uh, things like that. When you take uh, opiates, when you take opiate and you're making a drug which is a pain relief. That makes sense. B-morphine and stuff like that. Yeah. All, all the things that America are addicted to. Dude, it's like some orange tea. Hopefully it's alright. Nice eggs. I need to put some aloe vera on this. Yeah, I gotta get some tea tree oil going actually. What? Tea tree oil. What is? Ah, tea tree oil. It really helps uh, with the mozzie bites when you yeah? scratch and stuff. Nice. Yeah, okay, I'm not that bad. I see some people over there in our program. You saw it, huh? Yeah, I think that comes from scratching as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And and not putting on. You're really good, actually. My my feet got bad recently. It's more Ooh, the yeah. ants. It's more the ants for me. They made a nest out of my favorite pillow. This one here. I wrapped oh, it up. this one. This is the pillow. I wrapped it up in plastic. It was the best pillow. And they started like going, like poking out of the holes, and they got through the plastic. So they're still there. I don't know. Hopefully not, but probably. Who knows? It's crazy oil. What is it? Where is it from Australia? Uh, no, actually, that's not the same stuff that the bottle came with originally. Simon made it, made this stuff. Ah, Simon made it, really? Yeah, yeah, I, I put some water in it to water it down because it was super oily and it Yeah, didn't it's really oily, yeah? I was just trying to, it was more oily, it was thicker than that, dude, that's watered down. Nice. Because I wanted to, like, because I didn't want to use it up, because you go through, I've never been through insect repellent faster in my life, to be honest, dude. Yeah. Like, I've gone through... Four bottles, three or four bottles, maybe three bottles in the last, nah, probably four in the last three and a half weeks. It's like crazy. A wow, a that's week. a lot. Yeah, man. Really? That much? Yeah. No, I put twice a day. Tuck, 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 tuck. That's enough, nah, no? Nah, dude. Really? It lasts me 15 minutes and they come back. Really? Yeah. So, so I got to reapply. I don't know. For me, it's not that so bad. these natural ones, that's why. But the DEET's I, bad for you, apparently. Yeah, of course, man. I mean, it's, it's were you shit. telling me when they had, someone had the... Um, the experience with the I'm losing the words now um, ah, when they put the needles on you and the ah, the kambu uh, yeah the kambu experience yeah. yeah and they and they vomited up deep I think I read about it and it smelled the vomit smelled like deep so it actually yeah. must go inside your system somehow yeah you're right huh? we need to do it you're living on Wednesday huh Ah, we should do it, actually. Maybe we should think about it. Let's go. Ah, Daniela is not here. I hope maybe Shelby got the phone number of this Christian. We can check the, this well, Christian the, phone. The other guy, Chris, knows it at that living library with the cacti, that place. You're leaving on Wednesday? Leaving Wednesday. If you want, I can. maybe you can try to do it on Tuesday. Though, 
I wanted to do it before ceremony, actually. What? Right before? Hey, you're, before. you're doing ceremony soon. Yeah, you're right. Let's see. Yeah, and you're maybe together. Let's check. Uh, I think I think, ceremony this I weekend, think for this, there? Ah, there are two. You're right. So you're leaving on Wednesday? Yeah. So maybe let's check for Tuesday? Yeah. Yeah, okay. let's check. Uh, even if I have a class, I'm going to call with Nic- I'm going to talk with Nicole. I told her I want to go do combo. I want to get cleaned. Yeah. She would tell me. Uh, she would agree. Yeah, of course. $70 will be. 70 bucks. That's what I heard as well. Right, let's do it. How many huh? sessions? Just do one session? Or? Let's do it. Nah, I'll do one. I'm good. Yeah. Let's see how it is. Have if, you done if, it if I'm going to do another one, have they're crazy. No, not really. What do you mean they're crazy? <laughs> Daniela went to, ah, but, she has, but she has Lyme disease, so yeah. it's different. Yeah, Maybe. Yeah. But you don't do, also my friend Doshan here, the, the other Serbian, really cool guy. But he went, he did in the same week, like free, like addicted. You do one, it's cleaning your system, do another one, but give it a few weeks, give it a few months, give it some yeah. time. So for everyone out there that doesn't know what it is, how would you explain Cambo? Cambo. Cambo, it's the mini is from a frog. Um, that lives in the Amazonas. The legend is really nice. The legend. Talk about the legend. Yeah, the legend is that there was a tribe in the middle of the Amazonas, in, next to an Acre area in, uh, in Brazil, um, and then the whole tribe got it, some kind of a disease, and it was for some time and long time, and some people started to die, and then the shaman didn't know what to do anymore, so he went to the ayahuasca, and he asked the ayahuasca, "What should they do?" And then she led him, she took him, and she pointed him. She took him to this frog. And really? of course, without words and stuff, yeah, that's a legend, that's a story. Sure. And without words, of course, he got this information. He went to the frog, and then he took her two hands gently, put it inside a, um, stick like a sticks. Yeah, This one with the rope took it in sticks, her legs, her hands. And then from her belly, he took this stuff, put it, and then he released her back, went back to his tribe, and start to do this uh, to give the medicine to people in the tribe and then he cured everyone so they're saying this is how it came what the, so what you ask advice, advice that's interesting what yeah. how did what was the problem with the tribe in the first place i don't know it's, it's a story not it's yeah, 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 it it's all, the tribe. yeah that's a really nice story actually. it's a nice story yeah it's and a, um classical yeah it's also so what do they actually but that's do the basic version they get they burn you with it yeah, or they put they it into burn, your skin they take this thing and they like burn it they take this uh, material and that they take from the frog. Um, sometimes it's oily, sometimes it's jello, and then they burn it, and then they give you like three to five burns. Yeah. Now, the classic Brazilian one, usually do it in the legs area. In Peru, the Peruvian one is more but in the People hands. wear them like battle scars, so they obviously want like, yeah, they yeah, want, yeah. some people ask for certain areas. Exactly, or in the back, or in the hands. Um, and you can do some, you know, one after another. Um, but I think... I don't know, from what I reckon till now, it's better to do one. Actually, it's, it's not for everyone, it's, it's for everyone, but there are some people that really need it. I guess if you're drinking more and smoking, especially in the mind, if you have lots of shit, because they're saying it's actually clean yourself three times, clean the body. First cleaning, first vomit, it's cleaning part of the blood system. Second one is for endocrine system. The third part is for the limbic system. All of them are water system in the body. So you're saying, and each color is different. It's like glowing, Isn't that glowing the red, glowing system green. System what ayahuasca cleans with the purge. Okay, um, ayahuasca is no, it's digestion system. Works mm. exactly digestion. This is why you go to the toilet, you clean this, and yeah. this is why you clean the bottom, yeah. and this is why you're going to you can vomit. Uh, someone said the limbic system or something. This is kambu, kambu, okay. endocrine system, blood uh, okay. system, and Maybe the limbic system. 
That makes and sense. And then um, I'm not sure about the science behind it. I didn't inquire too much. I've, I heard it's uh, good, but that's like one of the things that I haven't looked into. But yeah, yeah, it's something that dwarfs will look to read again and about this. But yeah, really interesting. And people say they feel great. The eye, the white around their eyes go goes more cleaner. They feel yeah. clear in the mind, the body. The, exactly. what it's, so it's like heavy vomiting for 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. Then you just feel like cleared out and you want you're tired and your face blows up as well if you hang your head down like your swells up so you have to yeah. like sit straight and then after that you feel great after you exactly purged. like that yeah um so yeah, that's, also that's cleaning the it. liver and the liver as well yeah yeah cleaning the liver and um, I, I heard ayahuasca is not the best for your liver if you do it over a long period of time i guess maybe um clean needs to the liver needs to take some of it i guess yeah everything but in moderation right but it's uh yeah but it's also taking, you know, changing all the acids in the digestion system. And like the, the sweat lodge with the San Pedro, the sweat lodge, it's changing all the sweat. Uh, they're saying it's, it's changing all the, um, uh, all the things that you sweat and you get it back. It takes lots of things out uh, that you get during the time. And also the kombu, it's, you know, it can be like 10 minutes, the vomiting, the purging. It can be 40 minutes up to you. And you can see how much it's glowing, the different colors, and actually you can investigate in some in some. Uh, You're talking about how, you the, how your vomit's glowing at you. Yeah, yeah and to see see something in your past as well, uh, things that you carried. Also in ayahuasca, I ended with lots of shamans. Also in yopo ceremony, yopo is also from the Amazonas. Also with the kapi, with the mao. What's kapi? Kapi is from the ayahuasca. The ayahuasca uh-huh. is actually the benistricius kapi mm-hmm. and DMT together. The DMT you can make the inhibitor. Huh? The inhibitor. The inhibitor. Okay. Really bicarboline, yeah. MAO, the inhibitor. Yeah. Exactly. So with Diopo, you take this. You take it two hours before, one hour before. You take a spoon. You can start even before it. And then you take the DMT. You just sniff it. And you can do the DMT from Mimosa, from Chacuna, from White Rain. Also, from lots of stuff you can do. But it's a kind so of powder. So these things that you're going through are just the strains it. of ayahuasca, right? Huh? The strains of ayahuasca, you could call it. Yeah, exactly. No, this is uh, types of DMT. Yeah. And strains of ayahuasca, it's like the capi. You can yeah. make it also from... What did you say, the white rainia? White rainia, from the white rainia, you make actually the DMT. Ah, so they're different it's strains like of the DMT or... DMT is from the leaves. It's the different plants you can yeah, get Yeah, different the DMT plants. From, or right? from barks, mimosa, you take the bark. What were the other actually. ones that you mentioned? Because you mentioned the other White rainia, yeah. really famous. That's we, a Peruvian yeah, we've one. We've had that one, haven't we? Yeah, that's a Peruvian. That's the good yeah. ceremonies. The chacuna, this is the classic... Uh, um, that was when we had the second night. Usually the, we have second night with bees. I'm not sure the chacuna. We have it sometimes. Usually in the first night we have chacuna. Okay. Usually in the first night. I like, really like the first nights to connect more with them. Um, I feel I can go deeper on the first nights, to be honest. Um, and then also in the last ceremony, yeah? In all of them. Really? Um, first nights, I feel like, not the last one we just had last night, but like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, in all of them, I just feel like... I feel like I can travel deeper and I'm willing to have more glasses and go further in and learn more lessons. I think yeah. the lessons are more like... Like just like, just on the page, like just like jot it down yeah. and really clean and connected and, and lessons come, come, come. But it's different for everyone, you know? Like, I guess, yeah, yeah. It's quite personal. It's quite personal in this same But they way. still come. They still came the second night both times. The first one, it was just so potent, you know? Yeah. And also don't forget the first one is first. Yeah. Your first ecstasy, your first MDMA. Oh, uh, the first ever experience you're talking about. Your yeah. first, yeah. Your first mm. is always... Yeah, you go if it's if it's full that was on, crazy. If it's full on, yeah, that don't was forget crazy. it. Don't forget it. Yeah. But I appreciate the first one. The first one's like, and I think I always will. 
Yeah. Everyone says it's like before and after. Of course, you know, this is why they're saying about lots of drugs. You know, all your life you're chasing about the first experience. Uh, you don't want to be chasing anything. Yeah. No, no, exactly. In the bed, mostly in the bed, in the air, in the access, in this stuff, you're all the time, you're, your first experience. That, uh, for some people, it's traumatic, but lots of times it's strong, you know, and uh, yeah. potent. Yeah. So um, the Yopo is the same. And the same as Ayahuasca, actually, the inhibitor and then the DMT. And then over there, when what's, you your if you vomit, what's your po again? Sorry, that's the yopo, that's the powder, powder, the DMT, and the um, inhibitor. Yeah, and over there, you you may vomit, not necessarily, but as well, the shaman is telling you, Look at your look at what you take, you took out, look at this quite good, and think about it, think about what you took out from you. Um, if it's a trauma, if it's the past, if it's things that you don't need, if it's about behavior. I hope you're really getting something useful out of this chat with Ophir. Um, we're talking a lot about our experiences with ayahuasca and I'm going to actually do something for you guys. I'm going to throw together uh, a first time, first timer's guide for working with the plant medicine ayahuasca. Because I remember when I was considering, you know, going and, and taking part in some ayahuasca ceremonies and having the experience and working with the plant medicine, I was a little bit nervous. I was really nervous actually, and I didn't really know what I was stepping into. So I think the preparation that I did have after doing a lot of research was the best possible way you could prepare for such an experience. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna give you a detailed rundown of exactly what I did, the steps I took, the resources, the books I've read, uh, the diet that I went through, every little bit of detail uh, about what I did to prepare for that experience which led me to have, you know, the most amazing, profound, clean and, and beautiful experience that I've ever had probably in my whole life. Super profound, super deep, and I'm super grateful and thankful for that. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to um, go through this list for first timers. If you're interested, if you're open to it, if you've considered it, uh, then please check this out. I'm going to also include... Um, you know, it's just some videos, uh, kept a video diary. So that's going to be only for tribe members, only for people that are part of the Good People Effect pack. And if you want to join, please head over to goodpeopleeffect.com, click on the support button, uh, put your email address in there, and I'll send you all the all the details in like a monthly email uh, once I put that together. But yeah, anyways, let's get back to the show with Ophir. Oh, alcohol or heroin, I yeah. guess not. But people tend to put all these things together in the same package. Where... But, but what you were saying about like how it makes you better, I really felt that. I really felt. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I love canyoning. I feel like I'm really good with my body and I'm great. Like, yeah. scrambling. Imagine on San Pedro. Well, that's you how I already know. Like, yeah. It was incredible, so, man. Incredible. And your body's like. That's why I'm saying. And also your sight. One of the best things in my eyes, life, man. Always your, your eyes. You spot animals is more easily. You spot the green leaves. This is the color. There was one life. point where I grabbed like a really spiky tree. Yeah. And like all these splinters went into my hand. I remember when I was picking them out the next day with the needle? Yeah. But that was like, that was a moment where I was like, okay. I need to realize. Be humble. Yeah. Be humble. Be switched on, exactly. and be aware of your surroundings. Don't trample on trees. Don't break shit. Just yeah. try to be respectful. Ask for permission if you're entering a space. And this whole intention and vibe really kind of helps the journey flow as well. Yeah. And you feel connected, like you wool grabbing the roots of the trees, hanging off this wool. I'm not even exaggerating. We're hanging off the side of this cliff, the steep as fuck, and all the 
uh, dirt and mud was running down and we were just holding on by the roots of the trees. Nice. And we were like appreciating how firm these roots were and how like nice. it was so grounding, such a like, I don't know, beautiful experience through the waterfalls. And then we got to the top where like the mission yeah. is just to like have a shower underneath that waterfall right at the top. <laughs> and we climbed all the way up this waterfall and we had a shower under this one section and it was like powerful. You could feel the, the earth and the water, the power of the water. Amazing. But yeah, you're right. You feel your body. You feel like, you know, almost like Spider-Man, like coming back to what we were saying before, you feel like you're really just in touch with your body and you have a connection to the earth. But it, it's kind of like cause it shows yeah, you that your, your mind is in the way sometimes. Yeah. Your mind tells you really how you're feeling. You know, that's why with the sweat lodge, we're sitting there through extremely hot heat with hot rocks that are kept putting in there with all of us in there, doors, flaps closed in this dark sweat box. But like it's mind over matter, you know, it, it's really your mind that decides how you feel to an extent, obviously. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's interesting is it connects to back to those people walking on fire, which we're talking about. And yeah. Body and mind experience, the Sundance, the Indian walking on fire, the yeah. Sado, the, 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 the Sado type of thinking. Sado, right? that's one. Yeah. yeah. So what? And, and you have the Sado. You have the um, yogi and you have the fakir. The fakir. Yeah. What's that? I would say the yogi is the most intelligent, but he doesn't touch his spiritual body and emotional body. Mm-hmm. And the fakir is like a monk, like a priest. Okay. He's controlling his um, emotional body. Mm-hmm. But his spirituality also is in some point and his intelligence is not as the yogi. And then you have the sadhu, which is the physical body. The sadhu is in control of the physical body. This is the Indian thing. This is the Sundance. This is the walking on fire. This is the Indians that live on the street, the sadhu, and they don't eat, they don't drink, their whole body covering burns. They can take any stick, cut it, nothing, no pain. They're the masters of the body. So we have master of the mind, and we have a master of emotions, master of the mind, the yogi, master of emotions, the fakir, and master of the sadhu, the body. Mm-hmm. But imagine you could be all three of them together. Mm-hmm. And imagine like this is also a way, a process, this is another method to think about this world, the spiritual world, how to control all your bodies and become one. Mm-hmm. One, if everything is one with yourself as well, like towards enlightenment. To be enlightened, you don't need to be Dalai Lama, you need to be disciplined. But once you start to understand these different superpowers of everyone, of the yogi, of the fakir, of the sadhu, of the spiritual world, you start to understand that also each one of us has the same qualities as those bodies, of the spiritual body, of the emotional body, of the physical body. And we can start being in control of the intelligent mind, which can also be in high function or low function. But it's um, quite interesting to try to walk through all those doors together. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. But you're right, it is It is more just than just one thing, you know. It is, it is important to try to, you know, try to hit as much of that as you can. But obviously it's one step at a time. Yeah. One less at a time, putting things into practice, starting small, because it can seem overwhelming when you're talking about all these three different aspects and all the kind of underlying chapters within each aspect. Yeah. You know, how much there really is to kind of learn and grow, but... And hard to grasp it. To yeah. Grasp it. How to, how to look at it from the perspective of the. You come from the Babylon. You come from the yeah. life. You come from the conditioned mind. You come from a place of being comfortable. We talked before of the comfortable place, and you're being taught and raised 
by society and also by yourself. You're becoming. Last time you were yourself, it was when you were a child. Since then, your actually self, yourself, is, is somewhere between six to seven years old. You forgot about it. Since this age, you're conditioned. If it's about your behavior, if it's about how to act, and we're there, we're still there in this thing. And we're so... I think you'd be conditioned even before that age because... I get what you're saying, though. You go into kind of a different phase of life or a different mode after yeah. that age. But I feel like like even just talking to some people here, which really shocked me, they were talking about like trauma from coming out of the womb, like that early on and yeah. things that are like connected back to that level. And I know up until like four years old, the child's mind is like a sponge. Yeah. And they get they, they sense things like un, un subconsciously. No, not only that, you know, then the most effective age, the changing of the brain is between, in the first year actually, between the fourth and the eighth months. This is when the brain is, I think, two times than its size. You grow up, mm. you're born into 27% of the mind. In the first year, it's like 67%. Yeah. In the second year, it's already 70 something, 70%. When you reach three, four years old, you already have almost 90%. Yeah. So until you're four, this is where you're like, your hard times but still then I think you have patches until you're five six seven I meant you have some patches of still being a child Sing, still naivety of you know of the world that's things are not conditioned but as you say even before the saying if um, if you take a baby and between the month uh, the fourth and the eighth and once a week you teach him Mandarin for one hour you speak you speak Mandarin with it so at which would, age? Um, when is four months yeah and you do it for four months until yeah. he's eight months. So, and then you stop. Then if you send him to a school to learn a bit Mandarin, in one, two years, they speak fluent Mandarin. Yeah. It's in the system already. Yeah. One hour in, in, um, in a week. That makes sense with me because like, I used to speak, I used to speak Serbian when I was a kid. Yeah. And I forgot the language. And now if I went to like a Serbian school, I went, because I've been around it all my life, mom's speaking it, and it's kind of been ingrained in my system in my software yeah. and if I was to go to like, um, you know, a school or touch up on it, you just put like, I don't know, two months straight work into it. I reckon I'd be fluent. Like I reckon I'm at that awesome. level because I understand exactly, the yeah. words. When people speak, I understand it's all there exactly. in the background right. somewhere. Nice. So I, I, I definitely agree with that. I mean, that I don't think she did it with that plan when I was growing up, but she always wanted to kind of, you know, have it around us and it really helped me out actually. And even when she spoke to us, it would be a lot in Serbian as well. Why don't you do it and go to a Serbian school? Well, the reason at the moment is because I'm studying Spanish. So I don't want to mix the two because I find when you're trying to learn one, the best way yeah. is to solidify the language to a point and then move on to another one instead of trying to learn two at once. So you cross the words yeah. you come to your mind in English, is it this, is it that? And it gets kind of muddled up, I guess. But don't forget, you never stop learning a language, huh? When of it's course, new, of course. For me, the Swahili, it's a in, journey. The, for me, a the Swahili journey. in the German all the time mixed up. It's a journey, yeah, right? Uh, the Swahili and the German. The Swahili all the time mixed up. When I think about a word that I miss in Swahili, the German coming. Not the Hebrew, yeah. not the English. Yeah, that's The that German word comes. Sometimes I have, I speak in Tanzania, I speak Swahili. I speak like a few sentences and then I miss a word. The German is coming up. Not the English, not the Hebrew. So funny. Why do you and think the, that is? I think it's uh, the, the, the you know, the, the mind is a trickster. Are they the weakest language in your say. repertoire? No, it's because as well I'm training my mind to learn these languages for some time. Yeah. So this is why it's coming up. I'm not sure about uh, how it works. But, that's cool uh, though. Like, it's interesting that you, know, that you know that, like, that many languages is really like, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm also working now on my Spanish. Hopefully uh -huh. I'll get some. It's not that difficult. Uh, Spanish. Spanish I can good. understand a lot. 
I think I'm going to do Spanish, and then when I finish that, Serbian. Nice. Consolidate and spend some time in Serbia. I'm really looking forward to go back yeah. to it. It's kind of like my roots in a way. But it's more Hungary is my roots, but my family's all in Serbia, and I really enjoy the... In Belgrade, you said? Or? Yeah, they're not in Belgrade. My cousins got a place in Belgrade, but they're in a place called Kovin in the countryside. Kovin? Kovin. Kovin, I don't know, Kovin. Yeah. Nice. Serbia should be cool, eh? Serbia is amazing. Belgrade is amazing. It's like cheap. It's really, like, feels really grungy and real. and Yeah, I want to visit there. It's an interesting place. It's a good place to to hang out for a while, actually. Yeah, two years ago I was in Bulgaria for one month. Oh ah, yeah, nice. yeah, it was cool. Bulgaria, that would be cool. Yeah, some hiking. Uh, oh yeah, nice, nice festival. Yeah, music festival, lots of hiking. Uh, I visited Sofia for a few days. It was nice uh, Bulgarian experience. Cool. So yeah, I want to catch some other places in that area, and also I could choose, you know, like one week Bulgaria, one week Macedonia. One I just want to to, to give month to each one of them. Yeah, spend a bit of time in Croatia. That was really nice. Yeah. Beautiful. We were on a yacht for a week. We did like a yacht trip. Yeah. I was young. It was more like partying and stuff, but it was really beautiful. I so appreciated nice. it. And I could speak the language, which really helped me out. With, yeah, that's cool. With like talking to girls when we went out and, like, <laughs> you know, you know, just at the bars and stuff, just getting get along with people. Nice. Yeah. Um, Europe, I miss it so much, but I want to, yeah, I want to spend some time in the Middle East for sure. I know, like, I've been to Japan, but I haven't really been to the rest of Asia. So, on maybe like Bali and these areas, I've heard they're amazing and they're fairly cost effective. I would really like put India in my first list. Like. India is is for sure on my list. Like, it's pretty yeah. high up, and I really want to go, especially after this experience. Just to but also, you need you need, you need even more than one month. Only two, one new, you uh, will have two, three months. I think I think for right. India, I'd need yeah maybe three months would be a nice yeah. amount of time. Maybe more, you know. Like I spent a year over there; it wasn't enough, yeah. and I'm still keeping back, coming back. Well, it's with like my Japan. Group I was myself, there for a month, and it was nowhere near enough. But yeah, Japan the same. And India is yeah. fairly cheap, yeah. India is so cheap; you can spend a year over there easily. Really? Yeah. I didn't realize it was that cheap. Cheap, cheap. How much? Wow. Would, how much money would you spend in a year in India? Up to you depends, but you can spend like five hundred dollars a month. You can spend even two hundred dollars, two hundred dollars a month if you go to the mountains and stay there for some time. Two hundred dollars a month. It's really. nothing. Yeah, if you stay yeah. in the mountains in the north, wow. Yeah. In some places, or you find you find your way over there. You know, you can do it really, really cheap. Really. Yeah. Even if you're tempted. Hola. Yeah. Yeah. How's it going? <laughs> We're just talking about India. Oh, cool. And how we can do it for really cheap. It's cool. Yeah. Worth it. Yeah. Cool. I've never been. Whoa. One day. Nice place. One so day. you were there for a year. Recommend. Yeah. Mm. It's awesome. I think in India, every day, I saw at least one thing I haven't believed I will see in my life. Can I have one every example? Every day, every I just, day. I saw one example. Wow, one example. Okay, there are too many. There are too many. Imagine a guy putting a, 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 his motorbike on his head and going up to a bus, up on a bus. Putting me on the roof the of the bus. On the roof of the bus and putting it there. Imagine taking a cow and putting it as well on the bus. Next <laughs> to the motorbike. Uh, I was in the north over there. In um, where was it? Ah, near to Kulu Valley. Uh-huh. Kulu Valley. And over there, there was a, a, this guy with his donkey, and his donkey had a, he was injured. So he made a big joint. It's full marijuana over there, full of cannabis. So he made a big joint, and he gave his donkey to smoke. So he gave his donkey, and his donkey was smoking marijuana. And then when he was high, 
he could uh, treat him and take his leg, ah. switch to what he needed. Put he made stuff. a joint for the donkey. Huge one. And I'm like next to it, you know, sitting in my balcony and I see this guy <laughs> making a big joint. It's look like our smudge thing. Yeah. Like our smudge, but big one and full of marijuana inside. Yeah. That we made and it gives to to the donkey to smoke. <laughs> you see the donkey start to be like a bit dizzy and then he took, treated. It was like opiate for him. Yeah. Treated, changing his legs, and then he gave him lots of food. You could see the donkey like eating. <laughs> and that's it. That was one morning in India. You know, yeah. wake up in the morning and there's a donkey smoking joint next to him. <laughs> every day, every day, man. Crazy. Give us crazy one more. Stuff. Give us one more. Wow. This is good. I talked, to, I talked with about Varanasi before. So, you know, Varanasi yeah. just to see, you know, you walk in the street. And next to the jet, to the, where they burn the bodies, over there I told you it's happy and sat together. So you see a guy, an old person, that came there because he wants to die over there because it's holy. And he doesn't have any eyes, he doesn't have any uh, hands. And he's sitting over there, the waiting for money. Yeah, and next to him a, guy, a kid selling balloons, like colorful balloons. Yeah. And next to them a whole lady without legs. And next to him another family which having fun. Everybody's happy in some way, but the atmosphere is a bit, uh, it's a bit dark really, as well. Um, yeah, macabre, you know, like macabre? Like, no, I don't know that word. Macabre, like, uh, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but um, really a bit between dark and happy. Yeah. So Varanasi especially, you could say every day, it's something that is crazy. But yeah, India, I think uh, it keeps surprising you. Yeah, this is only one small thing from India, really. Yeah. When you want to... I thought the senses go. That's yeah, nice. just to have a new new experience. Sounds like an adventure and a half. Yeah. Yeah, sounds amazing. Is it? I guess you need to be careful certain areas, like mm. anywhere you go. Huh? No? I yes, think for yeah. women it's pretty dangerous. But yeah, I think if you do it the right way. No, I know so many people. Don't huh? think about that. It's uh, streetwise. Uh, I think London could be more. Wise. London can be more. Uh, don't think about the world like that. It's yeah. safe, it's nice. So, no, I agree, so I agree in, with in that. 10 at night time, you don't go to mm. this place in Delhi. Sure. In 10 in the evening, I don't go to East London. But I think it's <laughs> about being like, it's like what I said about walking through the forest and grabbing something that's sharp. Yeah. Like it, it's something that's, you know, it's important to be aware of your surroundings when you go. Mm, to yes, I know, but. Uh, but you it, shouldn't let it, the fear stop where you from you going. If you're now in Delhi and yeah. you go to a nightclub and mm. it's evening time and it's uh, in. This area, yeah, it's just yeah, and a village in India, a village in China, a village in Australia, uh-huh. a village in England, a village in Mozambique, a village in Israel, a village in Costa Rica. They're safe. Nothing happens in villages. They're great. Everybody knows everyone. It's like no, this travel. is the point we were talking about earlier about like main cities and the higher the population, the for example, more density for crime. For example. So this yeah. one example. So spend lots of times in villages. You don't even think about those things. It's mm. the safest places ever, you know. Uh, last year I went to North Korea. It was so safe, you know. It was really safe. What about for women? Huh? Because uh, I was thinking of going to India, but a friend of mine who traveled there suggested that as a woman alone, that might not be... What? There are hundreds and thousands and hundreds of thousands of women travel there alone. That's what they do over there. I think... They go to ashram and go to Rishikesh and go... I feel like every... People like that. No, but I feel like... No, there is truth to it, though, because I spoke to 
Don't speak. I was there. Why don't speak? I was there. You have so many ladies. I'm sitting in Parvati Valley and this lady is from France and she's yeah. there for a year and a half. Yeah. And this lady is from Sweden and she now is walking to the waterfall and tomorrow she's going to Rishikesh for one month to do this course. Uh-huh. And this girl is traveling. is from Germany and she's living in Bombay and she's like, nobody speak to her. I want to see someone that comes to her. She will... Give him a punch, you know? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, ah, And you have this lady that is really afraid. Yeah. And she doesn't know where to go. And she is in Delhi. And evening time, she's craving for chocolate. Sure. And then she's going to this street. And this one guy punches her ass. And uh, don't do those things. Nah, I get what you're saying. But what I was saying was like, uh, my personal experience is I've never been there. But I've met a lot of people that have traveled to India, like just on my travels. Yeah. And I'll speak to them about India, just like I'm speaking to you now. And I'm talking a lot of people, and a lot of them are girls and women. And I've noticed a theme among the travelers that have told me that, you know, there's been guys that have, like, followed them or stories about guys or stories about their friends that are women travelers. So things do happen. So, yeah, and all I'm saying is, no. all I'm saying is, like, it's uh, good to be aware of what the things that happen are in the area that you're traveling to, but not course. to, not to allow it to stop you from going somewhere. Everywhere, be streetwise. Everywhere. But I, that's what I say, even in London, mm. even in France, sure. everywhere, sure. Why India. Sure. Yeah, everywhere. And again, but I think, some places I think no India that is just one of those things with the women uh, thing. And again, well, once, yeah, but Israel is this thing with rockets. Yeah? With what, with, sorry? With rockets. Israel is this place with rockets. And Sri Lanka is this place with bombing. And Africa sure. is this place with this black ah, people that are so intimidating. That, definitely people that exaggerate it's things not, and put fear in that's people. That's our mind, 100%. exaggerating. Lots 100%. of things can happen to you in 100%. Costa Rica and lots of things in San Jose. Yeah. San Jose can be dangerous. But even for me, like I went to Colombia, I went to some of the most dangerous parts in Cali. And people said it was dangerous. It didn't stop me from going there. But when I went, I made sure I knew what the dangers were. Yeah. And I made sure I did the best to avoid them. You know, but it's not going to make me stop going out but I'm not going to go out I'm at 3 like, in the morning on a street a where people get robbed also a lady in have India have a bit of a plan now. in case it happens you know also a lady in India now we're going for a two days journey you're going to some place also as a guy you know but um, yeah find why not find a company in the hostel why do yeah. it alone yeah find exactly exactly not only find a company, there's heaps of ways yeah, you this, can... This guy, Michael, is nice. He's from Rishikesh. In few day, in two days, I want to go to uh, this place. Yeah. Uh, or I want to go do this and that. So we'll company him. It will be nice. Also a friend. Yeah. Also a friend. So those things. I think Africa is one of the places where a lot of people uh, are fearful of. But it doesn't mean that now someone has to be with someone, you know, for the whole trip. No, yeah, no. Africa is safe. What do you mean by Africa is safe? Like, um, you know better than anyone. Right, because you've been a tour guide there for years. Yeah, so. yeah exactly. I and mean, so, most of the places in Africa don't have any crime. They don't know what is it. If you go to Nairobi or Johannesburg, it's total chaos. But you don't go there. Yeah? You don't go there? There's no point? Eh, no point. Even if you land there, you go out even the same day or just going to your hostel. The day after you leave or if you want to stay there a few days, you go to places that is... You go to the backpackers, you ask the guy in the counter, hey, why is it safe? Is it safe exactly. over here? And, so, and he tells you, yeah. go this and this, but this street don't go. And you don't go to this street and everything is great. And safe yeah. for Salvador in Brazil and Rio de Janeiro during the carnival. Ah, really? Yeah, really hectic, really hectic. And so in Africa, the same, it's the cities and some of them, most of the places, I go to Zanzibar, the island, no crime over there. No? Arusha, so many talks about Arusha or... Um, I know that, I would say Dar es Salaam is a bit dodgy in Tanzania Dar es Salaam is a bit dodgy but during noon time daytime, it's okay go travel check night time stay in the hotel so we talked even about even if you're a guy even if you're a bunch of German guys 
We talked about the gorillas in Africa. I'm just bringing you back to that for a second. What are some other things that people have to try? Like, since you're a tour guide there, is there anything like mm. must try experiences that you could recommend besides the standard, you know, safari top five and all that? Yeah, thing? I think Ethiopia is great. Also, the south of Ethiopia visiting tribes. Ethiopia? Yeah, Ethiopia is amazing. The food's pretty good in Ethiopia. Yeah. I've had Ethiopian food. Really good, spicy and good. And the north is really Ethiopian vibe. The south is tribal thing. You call the tribes. Quite uh, this is a place, I would say, for a woman to travel with someone. South Ethiopia. Ethiopia? South Ethiopia. Why? Because it's a place more tough, more rough than those people. And you, you, you all want company. You can do it also alone if you're tough enough. As I know ladies that are by attitudes, they don't see any other men. But um, anyway, I traveled there alone with a motorbike. was amazing. With a motorbike? Yeah, I love to travel with motorbikes. They do it a lot. Really? Yeah. I'd love to try that. I've never tried it. I've always thought about it. Yeah. I love riding that. It's such a in India, I did it in Africa quite a lot. Uh, wherever I That's can. My dream. my dream was to do it in Japan as the hills. Nah, it's, ooh, maybe I'll do it there. And you can do it, you know, for just, you, you rent it for a week or two. You don't have to be like possessed by your vehicle by anything I don't like it as well it's for the experience right exactly so sometimes I really want to do it around Ireland or something like around Scotland Ireland like the hills around there nice I feel that would be nice or even Italy in Italy in like the countryside could be nice for me it's motorbike and hitchhiking when I have motorbike and motorbike when I'm hitchhiking I'm hitchhiking hitchhiking I can take buses you hitchhike uh, hitchhike a lot really Egypt Mozambique New Zealand uh, Asia, all over Asia, really? all over Africa. I think I, yeah, I hitchhiked in every continent. Australia, of course, Australia, New Zealand, it was all hitchhiking. New Zealand, the whole New Zealand, thing. You, was you could do the whole thing. The, the whole hitchhiking. From the north, shh, yeah. all the way to the park, just yeah. hitchhiking. Yeah. Uh, classic place. I want to do it more. I've done a little bit, but not. I've only had like a handful of hitchhiking experiences. Also in South Africa, I told me, no, don't do it, dangerous. I did all South Africa by hitchhiking. So where did you great. sleep? Did you have amazing. a tent or? Yeah, most of the time. We tend sometimes backpackers. Have you heard about these TED styles? No. Um, they're pretty much like uh, tents for the trees. I mean, oh, triangle. Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. And then you put it on... It's not on the ground. It's yeah, on the it's tree. alpine. Yeah, There's a rope that. ladder in the middle. Cool, I saw it. Uh, you can I... get you can get a small one of those. You got to go somewhere with trees, obviously. But a small one of those weighs like four kilos. You put up like a one man tent in the trees. Nice. You put yeah. up and a then a cover place. on it. As but well. I think you can use it on the ground as well. Okay. So I think this. When I was planning my trip, I was thinking about doing a lot of hitchhiking and taking the tent, but I had the camera gear and the hand yeah. pan and the weight, so I had to like figure out what I was going to take. But I think I wouldn't mind doing actually a little a little hitchhiking trip for a couple of months somewhere. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Where would you recommend? What's a nice place wow. to go? New Zealand would be good, but it's kind of New pricey. New Zealand is great, yeah, yeah, actually. So many places, man. You can do it in actually in lots of places. Also in Asia would be nice. You can find lots of places from China to I feel like there's a there's a really there's a cheap mm-hmm. way you can do expensive places. That's something that I've got to know. Like just yeah. from going to Hawaii. Coming to Costa exactly. Rica, even maybe Norway, you unlocks can do it. these answers to you. Maybe no, maybe Norway is a good place to do it because mm. it's quite expensive, and then you do it cheaply. Scotland, Scotland, you can uh, camp everywhere. I would do it definitely in Scotland. What do you mean you, camp, you can make there's, fires there's anywhere? A government law, no, really? fire. There's a government law. Really, there's a government law. You can camp everywhere except specific places. It's a law. 
That's it's cool. awesome. You can camp I outside like the that. reserve. It's amazing. I like that amazing. freedom to do that. So actually, that would be a good trip for camping. Mm. Yeah. Australia is good for camping, man. If you ever come back to Australia, yeah. let me know. We'll do a trip. We'll do a trip in the desert. Nice. I wish I could. Camp yeah, I went to Uluru recently with my cousin. Oh, that was amazing, there, yeah. man. Yeah, with the four drive and. I did there like a one week trip in the room. Was amazing. King King's Canyon. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, wow. King's Canyon, yeah. Beautiful red desert. Is I love red deserts. I love red deserts. City roofs. Any? Kangaroos. Yeah, of course. Uh, My cousin came from Serbia. He didn't see one in the desert. Really? And he was like, them. ah, they're just a myth. You know, he didn't but believe then, us. <laughs> same like, uh, actually, I saw lots of kangaroos on the way from mm. to Adelaide, from to Adelaide to the north. I spent some time over there. I was in the Fringe Festival in Adelaide for one month. Ah, uh, the Fringe. Was amazing. That's a good one, actually. Great. I have a bait, but... Really nice, actually. Really heard nice. Good. Yeah, it's good. For a few days over there, it's all right. I walked there. But the same about the Kiwi in New Zealand. I spent four months in New Zealand, I think. I didn't see even one Kiwi. I saw Kiwi, but in a reserve. In ah. A specific place. Yeah. It, they're not... Uh, they don't exist anymore. I think they... The think Kiwis. Kiwis. Yeah, you can't find them. And also Koala, it's hard to stop. I've well, seen the kiwi. They're not extinct. I don't think yeah, no, no. I'm just saying. But you can see them. They're it's pretty really rare. Yeah. They're really rare. They're, to see them in nature, really rare. Yeah. And also koalas. I saw koalas only in Koalas Cove. Yeah. On the Great Ocean Road. Yeah. That's the only. What do you think about koala. the Great Ocean Road? Beautiful. Hey, yeah. you should. If you ever come to Australia, time it in January. We'll go to yeah. a handpan festival, and they play amazing music. They oh, play like they play handpan. That okay. instrument music nah. I was playing. But a festival where there's like. These are really rare instruments, but there's actually like wow. a gathering where all the players come from around the world. Nice. And there's one on the Great Ocean Road, a couple of my friends run. And we go, it's like my, one of my favorite things to do in Australia. Wow. And you see, mm. you, there's like a little old church on the Great Ocean Road and you camp out at the church and people play like didgeridoos and like um, weird maracas and instruments and flutes and handpans and saxophones and drums nice. and everything together. There's like a little concert performance night. It's really good. The top players in the world come and play. It's an amazing vibe. And I really think like that community and the ayahuasca community, um, they kind of like work well together because everyone's in this very, um, you know, open state of mind. Yeah. Yeah. Have you been to Nimbin? Nimbin, yeah, actually. I went nice. there. I went there. That's a cool place. Uh, went to some waterfalls around there. I actually bought a book called Zen and the Art of Happiness, which I think changed my life. Wow, really? Uh, because it was drawn to it in a bookstore in Nimbin. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I've been to Nimbin. That was really nice. I preferred it to actually, um, you know, Byron Bay was nice, but it was a lot. Yeah, I don't know. It was a different kind of vibe. Commercial, yeah. yes. Yeah, and uh, Nimbin, everyone seemed pretty relaxed and I had a good time there. Um, yeah, no, Australia's Australia's pretty diverse. Blue Mountains is amazing. Amazing, I love that's, the Blue Mountains. You went? Yeah, of really. Course, yeah. That's amazing. That's where the that's that's sisters. one of the best canyoning in the world. There, that's yeah. where we went canyoning actually. Nice. It's crazy over there. Really nice. Yeah, a few days over there actually. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful area. So what are you, what are you thinking about next? Is there anywhere on the list that's kind of that you haven't been that you yeah, want to explore? Yeah, and uh, next ones. Wow, I have actually a list. Still, it's still long. It's every time. What's top know. of mind, though? That's what I'm asking. Okay. Peru. Peru, I think. Colombia. Vietnam. Yeah. West Africa. Yeah. West Africa. Yeah, uh, that's it. Maybe Japan is will surprise. Ah, Japan. Dude, you have to go to Japan. Yeah, some places, I, you know, I keep. I will do it, I do it later, but maybe I should do it sooner. Because I, I have the some thing later, later. 
Yeah, yeah because that place is I want to do now. Like I haven't been to Spain yet. I haven't been to Greek. Uh, I will do it. I'm gonna be old, you know. I think we were talking about. Now I want about... to go to Guatemala. I want to do a trek in, in Scotland. I want to do. A, yeah. I want to go to the Himalaya. When I'll be 16, I'm gonna go to Spain and I'll, I'll go to Madrid, yeah. <laughs> eat in a restaurant. <laughs> yeah. Though, though it's beautiful as well. You know, Spain, Portugal, Greek. Greece Italy. is amazing. Yeah, I've never been to Portugal actually. Yeah. No, I heard yeah. it's nice. Yeah. I'm thinking about retirement over there. Uh, Mallorca looks interesting. James said he's thinking about opening something up there. Yeah, in Mallorca. It'd be nice to visit. Even Gemma said she would meet us there. And I think it'd be nice to meet up as a group. I don't know how many of us could do it, but yeah. as a group later on down the track. Like, because you guys are going to be even closer after three months together. Yeah. It'd be nice to kind of catch up in places and, I don't know, have experiences. I think this is a really cool group. Like, I, was thinking, I said it in the sharing table, like, I really meant it, like, I think everyone here is like a really on a cool level, you know. Yeah. yeah but you've probably come across this kind of people before with yeah, being exactly. in this world, you know. But for me, it's my first kind of exposure to it. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I'm more used to it. So there are some people that I'm more attached and people less. But I'm used to this crazy people group. Uh, yeah. And grouping. Like, yeah. And in some, with some, I really keep in touch, you know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, with some I'm feeling more attached. With some, it's um, that's nice to have as a friend. How do you how do you keep in touch with someone when you're kind of like after you met them on your travels? That's the thing mm, I struggle with because hard no. because unless you had a really strong connection, it's kind of like it's and even then it's like what do you do? You send each other messages every couple no, of months? No, 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 nothing. It's coming to visit him or he come to visit. Yeah, him. that's the best way I think. And there are some that it's still happening for yeah. some time. Yeah. So you've you've met a lot of people overseas like that, and yeah, you still stay in exactly. touch. When I went to New Zealand, Australia, it was after when I was volunteering in Africa for a year. It was with Australia with Aussie friends mm-hmm. and with Kiwi friends. So I finished Africa for my one month for some time, then six months traveling. Then I went to Australia. I visited them one after another. Mm. Melbourne stayed with this friend and with this friend. Then I went to Sydney. Then I went to Brisbane. Mm-hmm. And I visited all the Aussie friends. Then to mm-hmm. New Zealand. I went to visit this friend. I stayed with this friend a week. I did all the, all the list. Just came back. Uh, That's cool. Also in Europe, uh, lots of friends from the peace organizations that I was involved in. So I met some friends from Egypt and Jordan. So I wanted to visit them. When did you start traveling? How old were you? Huh? How old were you when you started traveling? 21. 21. Uh, 22. Okay, cool, cool. It's been a while. You're 37 now. Huh? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's been a long time for traveling. Yeah. I love it. It's interesting. Also, you do, your way of traveling is this process, this changing all the time. Yeah. It's Develop it to your style. Exactly, uh, exactly. It became also professional, so you know what you want and... It's also changing. You like these things. So you How much research things, do you usually do before you go on a trip? Huh? Sometimes you do no research or? No, sometimes, most of the time, no research. Yeah. Like specific stuff, you know, but no, not really. I go there, I land, and then the first three Figure days is uh, exploring what I'm going to do here. Yeah. But there's something that's intriguing me there to Vietnam. I don't have anything about Vietnam. I don't know. I'm going to land there in the first three days. I'm going to check what You're I'm going to do there next month. Mm-hmm. I think in the next year I'm going to check Vietnam. I heard it's really cheap and really rewarding I actually it's one of my travel regrets not going to Vietnam because I had the chance to stop over on the way from Japan but I learned the lesson that when the opportunities there take it yeah. I had to get a special visa I got a bit lazy but uh-huh. now I kind of regret not having the chance to experience that culture on the way back <laughs> another time yeah it was on the way back I had the opportunity actually when are you going to go back to Australia? back to Australia I'm thinking January and for how long? 
Uh, well, I want to spend some time with the little ones, so maybe like three, three to six months, and then see friends and catch up and everything. Maybe somewhere in between three and six, and then I don't know what's going to happen and just kind of see where life takes me. But no. I definitely don't want to be staying too long in this kind of realm of things. So I think to keep moving is good, and that's kind of how I feel right now. But that always changes, you know, how you, feel yeah. and how you travel. But I think that's the best, not to plan too much and to go and then feel it, feel what feels right. How much time should I spend here? Should I spend more? Should I spend less? Nice. And uh, it would be nice if I could come up with a system where I was going back and forth from Melbourne and being able to afford to travel and experience new things, you know. But you can always afford it if you find a way, you know. You just need to, like you said, we're pretty privileged with the opportunities that we have and um, there's always a way if you put your intention in the right place to be able to you know, explore and, and travel, even for really, you know, not that much money. Everyone yeah. puts these barriers up for themselves and sometimes excuses, sometimes they're real, but a lot of them are really just made up by the mind. Yeah. And Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Good People Effect podcast. I hope you really enjoyed the show. Uh, all the details for every single episode are going to be on goodpeopleeffect.com. You'll be able to find resources, books, podcasts, anything that has been mentioned in the episode will be on the website on the show notes section. Also on the website is all the other shows and a lot of good stuff. So you've got the opportunity to sign up and become part of the tribe, part of the pack. If you're interested in trying ayahuasca for the first time or going into the realm of psychedelics and bringing back some lessons of your own, then I definitely recommend my first timer's guide to ayahuasca, um, which I'm actually going to be putting together in the coming weeks. And that's going to be available exclusively to tribe members. So if you want to support the show and if you're enjoying what you're listening to, or if you're interested in this first timer's guide to ayahuasca, which includes kind of my video diary of the experience every step of the way, and books that I that I recommend reading and the diet to follow, as well as a lot of intricate details about kind of ways to help you navigate that realm, then please check out and uh, the support section on the website and throw your email address in there. I'll also be sending out a monthly email with free online courses and heaps of resources, reading lists, um, just to help you grow in general, to help you grow uh, through creativity, adventure, and purpose, and really kind of so we can feel like we're doing this journey together. I'm not going to spam anyone, but I do really want to start putting together a tribe. It's important for me and it's important to keep me motivated. So if this at all interests you, please jump on the website and check it out. Uh, but until next time, I've got a very special chat coming up next time. I'm just going to quickly mention this actually. I've got Brad and Nick on the show and they're BBC, uh, they're BBC documentarians and you know they recently did a document got documentary on AI. They also recently did one on bears being released back into the wild. So super interesting guys and I'm not gonna not gonna spoil it any more than that.